Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill movies and TV podcast. I'm Dom. And I'm Simon. And tonight's movie for debate is... Titanic! So welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill movies and TV podcast where it's always 10.30 at night. It's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's movie for debate is Titanic or Mammoth, massive, huge, most anticipated podcast we have ever recorded, my friend. Simon, how the devil are you? I'm good, my man. How are you? Yeah, I'm right. Yeah, I enjoyed that intro. <laughs> you really put some uh, pizzazz into it. That's what happens when we've done over 130 podcast episodes, <laughs> and you've probably done about five of the intros. Five you intros, have to yeah. really go for it. <laughs> yeah, I've got to put my stamp on this podcast somehow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved it. I loved it. And yeah, what a what a mammoth of uh, a movie to cover. Like this is this is huge, literally double entendre, huge boat, huge movie. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, this was the most requested movie from our, you know, our listeners. Who we did like a poll, but we did a poll ages ago, and said, you know, what film do you want us to podcast about? We were kind of looking at nineties films at the time, and everybody said Titanic. I mean, it was literally we were please excuse the pun but we were flooded with suggestions oh, for, for titanic <laughs> oh dear oh boy that's how it's oh, gonna boy. go <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah well how, how many you just watched this just the once did you watch it today i watched it today i watched it this morning uh and Yes, I, I started it off nice and early, and then by the time I finished it, we were into the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's what about one. you? Uh, well, F and I watched it maybe like six weeks ago, or maybe a bit longer than that, and then I watched it again today, but in like almost like as if it was a mini series. I watched it in like three parts. I like watched one the first hour while like doing stuff around the house and whatever, just in my headphones. The second hour in my son's playroom um he wasn't affected by the sinking ship and the chaos uh, he was just playing with me and not really paying any attention to that and then i watched the last part on the treadmill on the ipad so it's kind of just it's followed me throughout the day but got it done it's incredibly sad it got my tear ducts opening a few times yours locked up cemented i if anything i believe that they were removed at some point <laughs> they are the sahara of tear ducts they they produce no water my gosh when the woman's putting her kids to bed and the ship's already going down yeah that bit i was trying to work out if they were already dead no yeah or what if the kids were already dead yeah 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 and she was putting them down to rest yeah yeah Oh my gosh, I didn't, I need to go back now to see if they were moving. It's one thing to consider, it's one thing for our listeners to think about, maybe even go and check, but I've got a feeling those kids are already... How would they be dead though already? Because it's not flooded yet, like it's flooding, it's about to flood. She could have, like, to save them from panicking and drowning. 
Well, she, she killed them. Put, yeah, killed them and then lay them there what nicely. What the hell is wrong with you, Dom? <laughs> Just look at, go back and look at it and, and see what you think. Not now, like when when you get a chance. But that's that's what I thought when I was watching. It. I thought, oh no, I think they, I think they might already be dead. I mean, they were going to die anyway, but I know that's not the point. But I think they were already dead. Well, okay, I I'd read it as she was sort of putting them to bed because she knew it was pointless. Like it was resistance was futile. It was going to happen, and she was trying to. What did I just quote? Is that Star Trek or something? Yeah, but I can't tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, and they were going to succumb to it, unfortunately. I think we should uh, prefix this with that this is a horrible, tragic, real life event and uh, is in- is incredibly sad uh, that this happened so you know if we make any stupid comments or little jokes or anything like that none of it's meant in poor taste uh, we're just looking at the movie you know and not obviously not paying any disrespect to the real life events that took place oh of course yeah we're if we if we're poking fun at anything we'll be poking fun at the film not at you know any any real events we're not we're not here to cause offense we're here to give of opinions on films you know that's that's it that's where we stand so yeah for that's sure a good, that's a good point to add in so let's let's go into the the early history of titanic so titanic came out in 1997 it came out in the states in 97 came out in the uk where we're we from uh, in 1998 so january 98 what's your like memories of it simon so for, for you and i we would have been about 10 going on 11 around this point so what are your memories did you did you see it in the cinema did you wait for it to come home and watch it on video or it's probably dvd by that point where do we start was it, D- was, it was it dvd there i don't know oh, uh, i i yeah i remember being in like it was either like year five or year six so yeah that makes sense like year t- uh, being 10 or 11 years old and i remember it being i remember seeing it in the cinema and maybe I definitely with my dad. It was always with my dad, but and maybe my mum was there. I'd imagine she probably would have been as well for a movie like this. But I remember it being that this was the first movie I'd heard of where people were going and watching it again and again and again at the cinema. I remember like hearing on the radio or you know being told there were people that had seen it like ten, twelve times in the cinema, and I'd never heard of anything like that before that there's such rabid fandom for it and i think i might have even seen it twice in the cinema maybe and and i remember that there was it it won a ton of oscars i'm sure we're going to talk about that in a bit i remember leonardo dicaprio didn't win an oscar i remember it was my introduction to him who's someone that i've followed his whole career pretty much since seeing him in this i remember it thinking that uh i remember thinking he was really cool i grew my hair to be to try and like emulate his hairstyle in this kind of era in fact when we went to you and i we went to the isle of white it was the isle of white wasn't it yeah i don't i can't remember how old we were then probably around this age it's probably not far off i think yeah about 10 or 11 because i have a distinct memory I mean, you probably won't remember this, but we, you and I were walking through the park. Are we calling it a park? 
dare we say it was a caravan park <laughs> it was something like that wasn't it mobile yeah. home what was it? it was like a butlins type thing wasn't it yeah kind of like a yeah like butlins haven that sort of thing there's nothing wrong with that no no it was nice fine. it was either way yeah, it was, it was, you know it's what you expect yeah i mean how would you describe that to our predominantly north american listenership trailer park <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Yeah, but go. fun. You know, themed uh, in fun. Yeah. Had and I an think arcade. that. Well, that's exactly what I was about to talk about, Dom. <laughs> I think we were outside the arcade, or we were walking away from walking to, and I had this sort of longer curtain type late nineties hair, which in my mind was like themed off of him, of Leonardo DiCaprio, and a, a, a girl or a couple of girls or whatever walked past, and they were like, "Oh." You look like Jack from Titanic. And I remember it just being like the biggest compliment <laughs> that I had ever been paid at this point and that therefore it stuck with me. Um, but yeah, so I remember that. I remember when it came out on video and I was uh, sleeping over uh, James's house from our primary school and his mum and sister were crying watching this in the living room on vhs yeah i I remember a lot about it i remember not knowing about the story of what actually happened with the with the titanic and this was my introduction to that story or not story of you know hearing what had happened and i was thinking this earlier like i'm sure i would have heard about it you know at some point in later life but is this an example of something where the movie has made it more uh familiar and common knowledge for general people because the movie was so successful and if the movie hadn't have happened would it have yes been something that people had known about but maybe not things that our generation and younger would be so familiar with i think that's a really good question something like that's that's worth you know, commenting on and, and discussing because I, I think there's an element of that that is, yes, like this this movie made it something that was, you know, even more accessible, even more kind of uh, in the sort of public eye and it, it, it made people more knowledgeable about the situation, I guess, and, and people that weren't aware of it. So like from our age at the time to people who you know turn them into people who you know would go and look into it and go and understand as much as they could about it and find out what happened and why it happened and just do a bit of research into it i guess and and find out a lot more but i also think there's there's like elements of our school history that wouldn't have covered it but there's there's parts that did as well so i remember reading i remember i had a book um because i used to love history when i was you know younger and, and in school i still do now and I had a book and it had um, like three or four pages about the Titanic. So I remember reading about the Titanic when I was about eight and kind of knowing about it and trying to understand it. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess the film just brings out that little bit of encouragement to, to go and learn that little bit extra and also gives you that knowledge. And, and it puts, in, puts it into frame for you as well because it gives you that scope of the tragedy that it that it was and how how big it was and how many people were lost in, in just one go in one event 
yeah for sure uh, i mean it, it kind of it was making me think of like saving private ryan your favorite movie and one we've covered on on our podcast here it's like if that film if i hadn't seen that film i still know that the second world war happened you know like mm. as in the the event it, but but that film maybe could give some little details of things that I didn't know, you know, like, uh, you know, little uh, idiosyncrasies and language and weaponry and things like that, where I feel like with Titanic, I'm not sure if someone like me that not that into history, I don't know if I would, I may have known, oh, there, there was a boat called Titanic and it sunk, but I don't think I would know, oh, it sank because it hit an iceberg it sank because it was going it was the the first voyage from you know the UK to over to New York it was crossing the Atlantic or I wouldn't have known that about all of the class system and the fact that you know all the things that we're going to talk about um so yeah but regardless I'm babbling what do you remember my friend what was your experience with it I mean I I don't think I ever went to see this in the cinema <clears throat> And uh, from from doing these movie podcasts, it seems like I never went to the cinema because I always say, yeah, I didn't see this in the cinema. Um, but maybe I was just, you know, incredibly selective about what I went to see because I remember going quite a lot. Um, but yeah, this this was one that I ended up seeing probably on video at home at some point. Um, and then just watching it as this kind of like amazing, again, groundbreaking kind of film for its time as well just from the way it's put together uh which we'll talk a little bit more about in a minute but um yeah this feels was... like a mum you a, a mum this feels like a film that your mum would have liked yeah i i think she liked watching it but um my mum's not she never used to be i i guess she is a bit more now but she she wasn't like a crier at films or anything like that so she it wouldn't she wouldn't watch this to get emotional or anything like that should watch it because it was you know a well-made well put together film and it was like revered and won so many oscars like you said so that that would be why it would have been let's watch it um but i remember my my auntie watched it when it was one of those repeat people going to the cinema and you're absolutely right this is one of the probably the first film where i remember people going back to watch it again it's like i went and saw titanic again like really wow okay cool um but i guess you know we were so young so it was just it, it didn't really matter to us too much that you know there were repeat viewers if they liked it they liked it and that was good i remember the posters so much i remember them being out everywhere and you know you kind of had leo and kate winslet on it and um you know the just that front end of the ship as well coming through with titanic written across and i, I remember them really really vividly and um yeah that's that's pretty much it to be honest um in terms of my memory of it but i do remember watching it at home and then i've sort of seen it on tv when it's been on subsequently since and there's so many titanic films out there so many like old films from like the 40s the 50s whatever to like up to like modern day you know or like and there's been stupid like titanic twos and stuff like that and it's it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> people jumping on this sort of titanic bandwagon but you know this version the this the James Cameron version is kind of blows them all again wrong phrase blows them all out of the water yeah completely i i actually have seen 
about five minutes of Titanic 2. It was on like oh. the sci-fi channel once and I was looking through and I was oh, like, shit. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yes. <laughs> and so, yes. So I had to keep it on there for a minute <laughs> in shock. It is awful. I mean, genuine, genuinely awful. It's like one of the worst uh, have you, I've ever have seen. You, have you seen the whole thing? Yeah. I saw it a wow. long time ago, so I can't really remember like the details or who's in it, but it was so bad and it's just laughable. It's just pathetic, really. I just, I need to know more about the circumstances in which you saw it under. Like, was it on TV? Did you rent it? Did you buy oh, it? Like, how did you... This will be come... on TV. I wouldn't have ever bought or thought about buying this sort of film. It was awful. But yeah, terrible. Well, why, why, um also remember a big point of it was that this was a three hour film like an over over three hours and that being kind of like a crazy usp about it in a weird way of that this is a three hour film because we were used to especially movies in the 90s like comedies kid movies they were 90 minutes on the dot pretty much you know five minutes of that is credits like we're talking an hour and 25 minutes and this was you know over double of that and I remember there was a lot of talk about all the behind-the-scenes stuff, about how the, how they filmed it, like some early uses. Well, I guess we always say early, but we have to remember that Jurassic Park was like four years before this. Mm. But reasonably early uses of some CGI as well, which help, which holds up pretty well. I thought the effects were really decent on mm. this. And I remember, of course, <laughs> the infamous... Paint me, paint me like no, paint me, draw me like one of your French girls, right? And that being a, a, a kind of a infamous line and and all of that part, uh, but also there was like a behind the scenes story that to make Kate Winslet feel a bit more comfortable, that Leonardo DiCaprio like stripped off in private <laughs> to sort of like, you know, here's mine, so let's. <laughs> If you want to see mine, I want to see yours kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, something <laughs> like that. Or I think some sort of like, more like in the in a stance of camaraderie, because they're really good friends to this day, which is which is nice. I, I so, like yeah. to think that Leo is friends with everyone he's in a film with. He seems like that type of guy, doesn't he? He just wants to kind of be nice to you and look after you and then you know wants to keep that going even if he's like never in a film with you again he kind of seems like that sort of person i hope that's true i hope that's true of him he does seem that, like a really really decent bloke that feels like that because um i've seen things about like jonah hill who was in wolf of wall street with him and uh you know that he took the minimum that you could possibly get paid as an actor to be in that movie because he was so desperate to work with uh martin scorsese and and leonardo dicaprio and uh, and then they were just in Don't Look Up. We won't talk about. We've already voiced our opinions on that movie on a separate on a Ravens episode. But yeah, um, I, I I believe I believe that to be true as well. And I remember when you were saying about the posters. I remember walking through Hatfield Town Centre. Just want to state neither of us live there, but it's <laughs> a. Um, it's, a, it's not a particularly nice place, but that's where the closest blockbuster was to where 
we used to go from for Blockbuster. Where did you go to Block? Did you used to go to the one in St Albans? That would be closer to you, probably, wouldn't it? Yeah, the one on London Road. There we go. Well, a, yeah. Well, it was we was beautiful, beautiful place. We were risking it over at the Blockbuster in Hatfield, but I remember walking on the way there, and people were selling like posters of Titanic. Like on the street, like they had him like lying, you know, laid out on the, like the pavement. And I remember there was a a uh, poster for Basketball Diaries, which is which had Leonardo DiCaprio in as like the protagonist. But it was like a couple years before Titanic because he'd done like Romeo and Juliet and Man in the Iron Mask and and whatever. And I remember watching Basketball Diaries maybe a few years after this and being scarred from it mentally. Uh, have you seen it? No, I've never seen it. It's like it's a good film that is heavy. Like he basically <laughs> is playing, uh, you know, him. Mark Wahlberg's in it. Your guy from um, Bound of Brothers is in it. Uh, who's also in Hook? Oh, I've forgotten his name, but he uh, he's got dark hair. I've forgotten who he plays. It's kind James of like Maggio. short. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's all it took for you to get that. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was, I was like, it was Hook and Band of Brothers. I was like, hang on a minute. Must have been a lost boy. Right. I got you. <laughs> right. He's in it. He's like Leo's like best friend in it. But they're like all on a basketball team and they all get into, into drugs, but like hard drugs. And it's to the point that they're like, then living on the streets and like, you know, oh horrible things are happening. Yeah. And it's a, uh, I think it's like quite a well-revered film, like with critics and whatever. But it's a it's a lot, so <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I remember all of that. Oh no, it was some good memories there. I mean, th- this film has had a lot of impact on, on people because it was so groundbreaking when it came out. And I mean, you know, for us in 1998, sort of see, getting to see a film that has now probably one of the most influential actors in hollywood in it in his prime i mean he's still kind of in his prime isn't he? his prime hasn't hasn't gone has it this is a nice early film for him that you know really showcased his his range and um i know that he was you know pretty much a child actor and has worked his way up into all sorts of things but this was like this was massive this is the the budget on this alone was just huge I mean, and the other the acting caliber that's that's within you know the the film the whole way through is is unbelievable as well yeah definitely i mean i can just say on leonardo dicaprio that he did incredibly well to not be typecasted from this because he could have just been seen here on out as the sort of heartthrob love interest right and go into rom-coms and all that sort of stuff but his um his like filmography is so diverse he has so many so many amazing films with amazing directors if you think about the people he's worked with so james cameron here steven spielberg catch me if you can martin scorsese of course the the departed wolf of wall street and he's done some others as well hasn't he gangs in new york i i I watched it again recently it's a really good again very long but a really good film yeah um blood diamond really good um and i think who else has he worked with i think he's worked with clint eastwood um quentin tarantino twice right once upon a time in hollywood and uh django unchained like he's like worked with all of the top people all of the top 
actors and actresses um and i feel like it's not an understatement to say that he is probably he's got to be up there in the mount rushmore of of best actors of our sort of generation you know like you think about the 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 generation before where you've got like robert de niro and al pacino and denzel and they're kind of like the the poster people of like amazing caliber actors of that generation you've got to put leo in and like maybe daniel day lewis would have been up there as well and you've got to put like leo in in r1 like who do you do firstly do you agree and secondly who else would you put with him on that rushmore for that generation what's really annoying is that one yes i do agree two you you stole my question because i was like who the hell else would you put on there (laughs) like does tom hanks count as our generation oh yeah he's kind of like but he's he's kind of like a bit in between them two isn't he he's not as old as the de niro's and pacino's but he's not as young as like but he's definitely up there yeah yeah also in catch me if you can um (laughs) uh i'm just trying to think who kind of meryl streep would have been up there yeah is there anyone like kate winslet is fantastic as well like she is Mm -hmm. she is great um but yeah i think brad pitt's underrated i think brad pitt's sometimes overrated oh i think think brad pitt is the same in every film my friend really yeah have you seen seven oh you saw seven recently yeah yeah but he what he's not really any different in that than he is to fight club and he's not any really any different in that than he is believe it or not to oceans 11 he's not really any different in that than he is to you know he's he's pretty much consistently the same sort of person throughout what about 12 monkeys i haven't seen it he plays a stoner in that um or about snatch uh yeah again there's like it's not really any different from Fight Club, is it? He just puts an accent on. Mm, so. Interesting topic for debate. Let yeah. us know in the comments. What do you think? Is Brad Pitt underrated, overrated? Oh, that'd be that'd be a good poll. That's going out on Instagram later. I'm not saying I don't sure. like him. I just think, uh, you know, as as a if we wanted an actor with range, I wouldn't be picking Brad Pitt. Mm, nice. Yeah, hey. I, I like it. It's healthy debate. Okay, well, who who else would go? Who else would go on that Rushmore? Then, like people that get quite a lot of Oscar nominations. Oh. Like, no, like we're not Ro- going Robert, by there. Robert Downey Jr. Ah, oh, <laughs> God, if someone else anyone... who plays the same role. <laughs> yeah, and there's something about him that just makes me think he's a giant ball bag, isn't it? <laughs> right i don't know it's just i'm not particularly into the marvel films so i know that some of it's his character isn't it like the iron man character is meant to be all douchey are you you're into the marvel films yeah i've seen most of them i haven't watched them all like i haven't seen endgame and stuff like that i've just not caught up with it but um i think his character is a douchebag but is is a good one and and he plays that well because he's probably similar in that he's quite yeah. full of himself, but actually he's probably like this really solid, like lovely guy that yeah. would do anything for you, you know, would do anything for his friends and, you know, wants, again, is one of these, will put his arm around you and kind of look after you and, and go, you know, if you need help, just, you know, give me a call because 
we all know that he's been in some rough situations in his <laughs> career, you know. So he hopefully had someone that extended the arm to him and said the same thing. Yeah, I think I think that's a good way of putting it. I think the point, yeah, the point of his character is he's douchey, but he's a nice guy. Like he's got a good, uh, he's good at the core sort of thing. And I, I think I'm sure that that is true. Um, it's just someone that he's not someone that if he's in the film, I then want to watch it. I'm just I'm indifferent to it. Where if like Leo's in a film, I'm going to watch it. I reckon I've probably seen every film in his filmography bar about I don't know four or five, and that's out of like what maybe forty films or something. Yeah, that's um, commitment to your man, isn't it? <laughs> and a lot of people say that some of them are boring. Like I've seen ones like The Aviator I watched in the cinema, which um, I really liked. That's that's a, that's a Dom sort of film, isn't it? Uh, it's one I didn't didn't like too much. I thought it was okay, oh. but it wasn't it wasn't brilliant. But I haven't seen it for a long time. Again, I watched that when I was probably when it first came out. So need to like revisit and make a change of my mind. It's Angelina Jolie as well, isn't it? Oh, she I can't that? remember. I I watched it when it came out as well, but I remember really liking it because uh, he has OCD in it, doesn't he? And he like can't open the bathroom door and all that sort of stuff. I just thought of two quite obvious our generation type. So like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Yeah. What are we saying about them on the old actors Rushmore? I really like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. And a lot of people don't like, like as people, a lot of people don't like Ben Affleck because he's so arrogant and he rubs people up the wrong way. I actually quite like that. He's got the sort <laughs> of arrogant, he's got the arrogance I like. Where Robert Downey Jr. has the arrogance that I'm not bothered by, but they are good actors. But I don't think can we. Uh, what performances are we talking about that puts them up there? Besides uh, Goodwill Hunting, like Matt Damon for Private Ryan, and then all the Bourne films. The Bourne films are actually really, really good. I only watched them for the first time last year. Oh, I'd, really? I'd Even never, the first one? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd seen most of it, but I'd never watched the rest of them. Wow. Um, so I thought I would give them a go, and uh, I thought he was great in them. I thought he did a did a cracking job. Yeah, no, yeah, he's good. He's good. I'm struggling I don't to know think of, of other people to put on this. Oh, Jack Nicholson would have been in the other one, in the, the older. upper one. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Oh, Tom Cruise! I really like Tom Cruise. I think he's good. Yeah, I'm very conscious that we're only picking men. Mm-hmm. To make him yeah. a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I, it I mean, is. we we know from like podcast history your thoughts on female actors and and female protagonists. You hate. Don't them, do so. that. Don't do <laughs> no. He's joking. It's because he's saying this because I one time couldn't remember Kurt Christian Stewart's name. <laughs> Neither of us could, though. That's the funny thing. <laughs> yeah, don't throw me under that bus, then. <laughs> I said Meryl Streep. <laughs> if I Google, if I was yeah. to Google like highest paid actors in Hollywood, really quickly. Oh, that's but now you now you're equating paid. No, but quality. it will give us an idea, won't it? It will give us a like a a, a list. I think Jennifer Lawrence uh, gets a lot of Oscar nominations and stuff. She yeah, she's good. I like Jennifer Lawrence. But I don't think she'd go on the The Rushmore. On the Rushmore. Not yeah, she might go 
maybe future Rushmore. I think Bradley Cooper gets a lot of uh, Oscar stuff, but he gets famously snubbed all the time, doesn't he? Have you seen A Star Is Born? No. Oh my gosh, it's so good, but you wouldn't cry because it's not what you do, is it? Okay, so as a list, oh, you haven't said Adam Sandler. Well, I thought you would say that. So as a list, this has come up again, this has come up with all men, which is dreadful, but we've got Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Okay, we're talking about, I love The Rock, but we're talking about acting quality here, like yeah. real heavyweight acting. I think if we were putting Dwayne The Rock Johnson in any list, it would be like the probably the nicest guy on the planet award or something like yeah. that. It just seems like he's amazing. The Will guy Smith? you want is your friend. I like what. Will Smith less and less and less as I get older. Like oh, really? as, as he as maybe as as he gets older more because I loved him in the nineties and early two thousands, but pretty much since I am Legend and Beyond, he's kind of lost me. No, like he's fantastic at crying. As a, as a of happiness, as a crier, he is uh, unbelievable. Even in Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Just oh, yeah. the, there's an episode where he him why doesn't he want me man yeah that one it's, it's just unbelievable unbelievable so good uh mark Wahlberg. fuck off <laughs> Jackie fuck Chan. Off mark Wahlberg. again i mean i love i love jack i'm not a fan of mark Wahlberg, but i love jackie chan but i mean i don't think he's going up in the acting heavyweights paul rudd no, Dom, you're getting th- these. You're throwing out. This isn't. You've lost it. You've no, lost. I'm, these are the names of the highest paid Hollywood actors. I'm just saying the, these are the highest paid. I'm, 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 you know, throwing their names out there, saying, "Are these people you'd put on your Rushmore?" I'm not saying I would. Okay, why don't you, can you put in um, like most people that have won the most Oscars or something like that? Oh, that's rigged anyway, because Leo only ever won one. So that's I know. A, that's a that's a okay. Most Oscar nominations. Okay. Most Oscar nominations. Yeah, it's tough. Sandra Bullock. She was on a list for highest paid actors. Hmm. Meryl yeah. Streep, which I said Meryl Streep already mentioned. Diane Keaton. There's so many. I mean, Kathy Bates is pretty fantastic, and she was. In oh, this. Kathy. Yeah. Oh my god. Right, I don't understand. That. Not Let's the forget. one of you. <laughs> That's your men out there. <laughs> like we got so much of the of the films cover, and I really don't want this podcast to last as long as the films. So. Okay, but wait. Maybe we should just say though on that, and from that conversation, there is evident that. Uh, in the upper echelon of uh, you know people that get these opportunities it seems like it's heavily favoured to white men really isn't it that was like the main people we could pull out so let's hope that in another 20 years or so let's hope the Rushmores that go beneath in the younger generations you know are more diverse and more uh, gender balanced yeah, absolutely. And and tell us who would be on your your Mount Rushmore. <laughs> give us the give us the four names that you would put on there. Uh, would be interested to to see who they are and see if we agree. 
you know, and if there's anyone that we mentioned already, we, we may have agreed or disagreed already. So, yeah, that would be interesting as well. See for how sure. many of those we get through. <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, you know who, sorry, last one. You know who I think will be on there eventually uh, is Daniel, is it Kualu? The guy who was in Get Out and um, Queen and Slim. Like he's, uh, yeah, he's a really good actor. He's really good. He's been in loads of good things. Um, okay, yeah. Sorry. So Titanic. So where, where are we starting with? You got some facts. I have some facts. So this film was three hours and fourteen minutes long. That yep. is long. It yeah. takes forever to get through it. That's actually longer than the actual Titanic took to sink. Oh, really? Yeah. How long so, did the Titanic take to sink? I think it was just over two hours. Well, he said that, didn't he, in the film, that two hours max. Yeah, Um, there's a really interesting part on that is that uh, James Cameron wanted to build in that part, that simulation bit, you know, with the guy with the crazy hair. Mm -hmm. He wanted to build that simulation bit in because he really wanted to explain to the audience the effect of of what happened and how it happened rather than Mm. just have the film do it and the, the love story around it and this will happen. He really wanted to, to put in this kind of detailed explanation of exactly what was going on. So when you get to it, although as an audience you know the boat sank, you might not have known that the boat kind of went perpendicular and then snapped and then, mm. you know, the rest of it followed and how fast it hit the seabed and, you know, because he said it was travelling at like over 20 knots or whatever. And, and that's incredibly fast and terrifying, absolutely terrifying, and just this massive structure um falling to pieces and like snapping like a twig do you know what i mean and yeah james cameron made a made it a really important part of the film uh, and had that in Mm. so intentionally and and wanted that um kind of graphic to go along with it that simulation that you can see in the little screen i thought that was that was really cool to find that out yeah that was really i i thought it was really good as well for on two reasons everything you just said like you said that when it's happening you you know you have that understanding then i also thought it was in like a dark humor kind of way funny how he was just describing it to this woman that actually went through it and is like you know so her ass is sticking up in the air right she's bobbing there for a couple minutes and then she's gonna go down you know he was sort of doing it in this kind of like crude crass kind of way um it worked as like a good comedy beat you know, with he wasn't thinking about the way that he was expressing it to someone that actually went through it. Yeah, I think that was where science crosses over into it, rather than it being about the emotion and about the person. This is this is fact. This is exactly what happened. This is what we worked out. This is what we can tell, and this is what we've taken from like eyewitness statements over the years and looking at the history. And this is what we have. And and that was that was like the perfect moment of um, this is a scientist doing his science, you, you know, and and just really like, and he's excited by the science of it, and and the and, and that, forgetting the audience, forgetting the people that are in the room with him, and one of them was, you know, on the ship attached to it as it was, you know, plummeting into the sea. Yeah, yeah, the survivor. Yeah, absolutely. Good old Rose. <laughs> was some of what i was trying to work out is i seem to remember and hopefully you have it there that they used some actual footage of the actual titanic didn't they or where they've actually gone down and filmed it 
Is that right? That is right. Yeah. So uh, actually, there's there's so much that happens in the making of this film. So much. It's unbelievable, but so clever. So James Cameron was, and probably still is, obsessed with shipwrecks, and particularly the Titanic, and has always wanted to like dive it get in submarines and dive it and go in and look around the titanic that has been his or that had been his like lifelong ambition and his dream so as part of making the film he had agreed and and managed to get on that so the research ship that we saw is kind of one of their little bases uh that they used and they actually used that ship to do that and to go down and to look at the titanic so they had all these like little russian pilots that would uh, you know, run the submarines and were operating it all. And um, they did little testers. And, and what they did is they made models and mock-ups and said, this is what we want you... Can you show us what you're going to do when you're running the, the submarine in the water? And so they would have them literally holding, like, the submarine on a stick, like a little figure, with a model of the, the, the Titanic, like the ruins, and then how they would flow the submarine across and where they would be going to and stuff. So he had it in his head of what they were going to see and where they were going to go and the, the way the the camera on the, the the subs would move and how it would look. So, yeah, some of that footage is, is real. And then the, the rest of it, um, they built all these tanks, these massive, massive tanks, like water tanks, and they built the sets. They then fucked up everything they built. So it was like real oak you know, doors and stuff like that. And they got, they they actually saw from, you, you know, kind of excavating or, you know, the footage of going in the real Titanic, how the doors would look and, and stuff. So they went and made the doors. They went and made, you know, everything that they could see in the Titanic. They, they went and tried to make it as best as possible and replicate what they could. And then they put it into tanks, but they'd like damaged it and, you know, did like as much destruction to it like sandblasting it and burning it and stuff to to make it look really like withered from the sea you know from being a shipwreck and covered in all sorts of you know sea things when (laughs) when you're underwater for that long and then they kind of drop it in the water put it all together in the water and then they had these little cameras going around filming that as well so uh, apparently one of the sort of special effects guy said there was a point where james cameron couldn't tell what was real footage and what was what they had made that's that's how good they, a job they'd done wow and what a great way you explain that perfectly great uh what's the word i can't speak just you <laughs> analysis something like yeah commentary all of those words <laughs> no that's really interesting man really interesting and mm. it's seamless in the movie like there were parts where i was thinking i don't even know how you've shot this like even some of the external bits that potentially was cgi or models i don't know but when the titanic sinking like particularly like when the electrics go and the lights go out um and you get like the wide shots and you can see some of the lifeboats and things and the water is really calm. It's like that looks real with like the stars going overhead. It's like that is in- incredible. Um, and that, yeah, it holds up. It's it's really great. I, I think, do you, do you think, I wanted to bring this up to you, with you. Do you think we've been robbed from James Cameron a little bit? Because he's obviously such a great filmmaker, right? And he's, he, 
he's done Avatar and there's like going to be like four sequels or something, isn't there? And he's already shot them. But it's that's taken him like the last like 10 years or something. Do you feel like we we it would have been better for us to have got different projects in that time rather than focusing on one franchise? I don't know really he he picks and chooses doesn't he his projects he's you know that caliber of director he hasn't I guess he doesn't necessarily have people production companies saying you know would you make this film or would you consider directing this film he's going to them saying I am making this film this is what we're going to do and and they're going yeah sure here's some money go for it (laughs) because they know the investment coming back to them is going to be you know huge I mean like just talking about it now so Titanic but do you any ideas how much they spent on the film making it? Uh, I I will take a guess, but I have no I have no idea. No, but I would say maybe uh, ninety million. Wow, um, <laughs> you're, you're, is that low? You're far. Yeah, well, I say you're far off. You're quite far off. It was two hundred million to make this. Wow, film. I said that because. I feel it wasn't Jurassic Park like 60 million or something because I remember it was something like that and the budget because then it actually cost them like 80 million to make the the ride in Universal Studios that like the ride they made cost more than the movie or something crazy like that that's crazy 200 million but we know it must have grossed a billion I'm gonna say it's maybe just shy of a billion that's another good guess but it's unfortunately also wrong so it cost over 200 million to make the film and so far in box office it has grossed 2.2 billion dollars holy shit (laughs) this this, is it is it top five then of all time this was the highest grossing film of all time until avatar avatar so he has one and two he has one and two he's that's crazy like the most amount of money ever spent on a film this I think this is in the top. It's definitely in the top ten, um, but the top one is a Pirates of the Caribbean film. Blech. Yeah, and it's not even the first one, which is the best one. It's one of the other shit ones. Um, but yeah, James Cameron has made the most, like literally made the most amount of money possible on films. Uh, on I mean. Films. Can you imagine how much money he made from this because he wrote, directed it, and produced it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I mean, there's there's been milestones. So, like it, in its uh, initial worldwide gross, it was 1.84 billion. That's how much it took. And like in its initial release, and after and a bit then, of time, and then tenth anniversary, fifteenth anniversary. Well, funny enough, it was that the centenary of the Titanic sinking. It was re-released. And then 20 right. years after the film was made, it was re-released. So that all adds up. So it's got to a point mm. now where it's like massively over 2.2 billion. It's like oh, yeah, two, this... 2 billion, 200 million uh, and something, something, and then lots of other numbers that follow. Wow. Well, I mean, because even this year would be 25 years, right? So potentially they sometimes do a 25-year anniversary re-release and then like 30 years and... Yeah, so it will just continue. That's crazy, but not surprising. Not surprising. Mm. Yeah. Wow. 
So lots of lots of money thrown into this. And, you, and you're right with uh, the CGI and kind of... I, I don't necessarily feel robbed by James Cameron or, ro- or we've been robbed of James Cameron. I think, you know, the, the, the Avatar... I was talking about Avatar and the sequels coming out with um, someone yesterday and they were like, they're making another one? I was like, they've been making it for fucking ages. It's making just tons of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess like... Blue Pocahontas is is coming out <laughs> again, so there'll be another one of those. Jake Sully. Um, <laughs> I was never really a fan of of the Avatar film. It's it's fantastic for what it was, but it's, it wasn't my cup of tea. I'll stick with Terminator and Terminator Two, and you know we'll go with them. And well, Titanic. <laughs> he did. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but did he not do the more recent Terminator? And he said to disregard the other ones. Like I think maybe he, it might not have been that he directed it. It might have been he wrote it or something. He was involved in that one, but I don't think he was involved in in the other ones. There was like a smuttering of maybe like two or three other ones, wasn't there? And he said to, he came out in an interview when promoting the most recent one, which I think was it Terminator Salvation, maybe not sure. Is it the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger in again? Yeah. Uh, yeah i can't remember what it's called but i've seen it it is it does feel like he's reset the timeline i liked it me and yeah. f watched it in the cinema and f hadn't seen one or two and i was and and so i sort of had explained and then she didn't she sort of knew what was going on and when that this was happening i was like this is basically recreating what happened in two um which is the best one you know controversy my my friend greg swears by the first one anyway and um yeah we went back and watched the second one afterwards i haven't got to watch the first one yet but they they all felt like a king to each other and the other ones but yeah but when i'm saying robbed of him i'm meaning that as a compliment i'm meaning that in terms of he's obviously such a good filmmaker writer etc that um you know i it would you know like spielberg rarely does sequels like i think his only i think jurassic park 2 might be the only sequel that is ever done that might not be right but i know it's very much in the minority um it's just like if we're getting four more avatars that could have been four more separate movies you know of different things but yeah like you said is his own person And, and i like the avatar movie um so you know these other ones you know, he. This could be the most successful franchise in history, right? Mm. If Avatar's number one, these ones could be just as good. So we'll see. Yeah, clearly James Cameron isn't afraid of a sequel <laughs> and making them better as well. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully the Avatar, you know, series that's coming out will be will be much much better, um, or, or just as good, you know, uh, as the first one. But um, yeah, like you were saying a minute ago, like the CGI stuff and the boat going into the water. And this film is, for me, is like the perfect combination of CGI, model making, set making, mm-hmm. and, and then real life action. It's like, mm-hmm. it's got a bit of everything. And when you look into it a lot deeper, like I have obviously for this podcast, you find out so much more and how it's put together. And it's so clever. It's so well done. Like there's bits uh, like, so the whole scene at Southampton before they set off, Titanic's maiden voyage, it's, it's going from Southampton to New York, that's the planned journey. When you're at Southampton and you're looking at the ship, they built it. It's real. It's massive. Oh, wow. It's real. It's huge. 
and they built it as like eight stories high. It was fucking massively long. I can't remember the details of how long it was, but it was so long that they had to cut it down. They were told they had to make it shorter because they couldn't fit it in a shot. And so they had to take three sections of 20 feet out of it and then shove it all back together. To, Wait, to does short, this still exist it? somewhere? Like, or parts in a so. museum or something? Well, it would be a massive museum, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's this is massive. Like I said, it was like eight stories high. It's huge. And they the actors are on it. But they only built one side of the ship. So the side that you right. can see is what is what you call the starboard side. And then on the other side, so the port side, you can't see anything. There's nothing there. It's just like space, like empty space. So they actually did build this on the side of, like, on, on the water and plonk this massive boat figure. It's honestly, it's unbelievable. And then the Southampton that they built, so they were looking at original photos of Southampton and they decided on building the, the starboard side because some of the sweeping shots they wanted on the starboard side, like like helicopter kind of sweeping shots and stuff, which they used this big model for as well as CGI. And they kind of used the models to then put CGI on top to, to like accentuate it and make it better. So they did actually have, there's a model of the ship and then there's like a camera shot that flies from like the rear of the ship to, to the bow, so rear to bow, to after bow, like front to back. And it goes all the way through. And that is actually like a model that you could probably holding your hands uh, and, and that was like static and then they had the camera move along it and then they put CGI all around it and made it look huge like the, the real big boat but going back to this massive model they did make you know a bit of set it was all in it was in bits and stuff and they chugged it all together that's why you'll never see a full side view shot of the boat as well as because they they couldn't because they they couldn't make it the full length obviously because it was just too big but in the real pictures of the titanic leaving southampton it's the port side that is attached to the dock right so the gantry that goes across that from the pier to the to the ship is the port side but the way they'd made it you're looking at the starboard side and they were like people will notice this people will go hang on a minute that's not right so every bit of film every bit of like costume and scenery and stuff like that is all set the wrong way around and they flipped the view when it came to to editing so kate winslet hat for example was tipped uh to the right when she gets out the car but in reality it was tipped to the left any mm-hmm. crew member that had white star line written on their shirt, it was written backwards, kind of like oh. ambulance, ambulance is written backwards. Uh, and then everything is mirrored the other way so that everything would look right and accurate. I mean, it's the, the amount of thought they put into this was scary. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Mind blowing. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, this explains why it cost 200 million because that's just one bit. That's the beginning of the film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's crazy. I, I like I know that in America in particular they have a lot of um like movie museums where they hold like lots of these big props and things. I I hope that some of these things obviously not an eight story half of a boat, but you know that some of these things have been kept in archive because that's like cinematic history. That's showing progression. And I know actually quite a lot of like I know films are always groundbreaking 
every year, right? But I know particularly at the end of the 90s with things like like this, like Titanic and movies like Gladiator, I remember that some of like the arena shots of like the Coliseum and uh, putting in the crowd around the top and that the same sort of thing, they'd like built the bottom layer and then they CGI'd on the top. And uh, it's a special time in history, I think, for special effects. But I always would agree with what you were saying there as well. It always works best when there's practical elements to it because mm-hmm. it, it feel and it feel and we've said this so many times, but it feels more impressive. Like and, and this, we'll talk about this when we do our next movie episode. We're going to be doing the Free Willy trilogy coming soon from Titanic to Free Willy. That's the range. <laughs> that's the range on this podcast, baby. Staying in, staying in the water for for these these podcasts (laughs) yeah well particularly on the second one and we'll obviously talk about it in more detail but you know that we've got we're animatronic whales you know and uh they're all and they were all built and uh it's all very complicated i've watched them like loads of behind the scenes so i can try and mirror how perfectly you've articulated how these effects have worked in titanic I, i hope to do just half of a good as a job with the free willy movies but um and obviously it's not they've got the same sort of budget but these whales are, are built life size uh, but they've all got like mechanics inside and they're being puppeteered by you know a whole team of different people and all this that and the other and it looks great in the movie because it's something that's actually there you know and it looks lifelike and so on and so forth and they don't cgi i think in the first Free Willy, there's one CGI shot, which, you know, we'll talk about it when we get there. But it's obvious which shot it is. It's the, one of the fucking whale jumping over the brick wall, you know. <laughs> With him underneath it. Yeah, but, um, and that's like, the only sh- shot of that movie that looks dated. And, you know, I love that. We're going to talk about it. I don't want to go too much. But that's the only shot that looks dated. The rest of it is timeless because you're either looking at a real whale that is over here or you're looking at an animatronic whale which was built to be you know you know as possible looking replica as it could be so i fully agree with you and i fully respect that and i wish that they'd bring that back Mm -hmm. and i get it that they're probably leaning to the cgi because it's cheaper and I know people could say, yeah, but they are actually people there in front of the green screen and blah, 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 blah. And we've talked about Andy Serkis before and how amazing he is. And with the, uh, what is it, like image capture? What is it called? The like motion capture. Motion capture, yeah. Now that is super impressive and that is really cool. But we miss the practical. Yes, definitely. Bring more practical back. I've got two last sort of like sort of nuggets of info on the uh on the effects that i'd like to share with you if that's okay please please (laughs) so the uh as they're waving the ship away in southampton you know there's like there's a big event this is like the maiden voyage the unsinkable ship it's going (coughs) the crowd that are waving are a real crowd and they're waving so they're waving at a green screen which is fantastic and it's set up in a car park they literally just put this green screen out so it's flat on the floor and then lifted up with like it's been held up by whatever like a crane or something like that yeah and it's set up in such a way that the edge of it like they've said to people you can't go beyond that edge of the green because you'll be in water so be on be there 
and there's like they've put like the edge of the pier in and then you can see the water and you can see the ship kind of sailing away and the people that are waving are real they're all real they're waving at the ship disappear but the people waving back on the ship are not real they're all cgi no way i yeah. didn't notice that <laughs> yeah so like the people that are waving back they're all like created made people the people walking around the ship they're all, they're all like made people and there's there's someone whose hat falls off and they run off to get their hat and put it back on it's computer it's a, it's not a real person you're ruining the illusion <laughs> and i don't like it that's great that's crazy it's mad isn't it Absolutely i would never mad. have thought that like if you told me to point out the cgi scenes i would never have thought that yeah to be the case mm. it's crazy it, i mean that's because it's so well done and what you were saying about films being dated and, and looking with i think films that are made in the time that they're set no wait i mean films that are made yeah more or less what i just said so free willy <laughs> is set in the 90s made in the 90s yeah but this film is made in the 90s set in 1912 so you, yeah. you watch it now and you think this is set in 1912 so you kind of you appreciate the costumes and the costumes are very grand mm-hmm. and you, you mm-hmm. know for, for the the kind of higher society characters and they're a bit scruffy for the lower society characters and you really sort of take that in but there's no there's no time difference where we're thinking this is dated that can't yeah. be dated because it's 1912 and yeah. then the effects are so good that you don't notice these things that actually it hasn't it hasn't dated itself at all because of I think because of the practical effects like you're saying and that they started to use some motion capture, not a lot, and then you know everyone else being CGI. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's true because in the to bring it to free Willy, like you look at his trainers, like not Willy's trainers. He's a whale dom. He doesn't wear trainers. He might. It's, ridi- it's ridiculous. <laughs> He's got some Nikes <laughs> under there. What are you saying? You're in captivity for so long. They start making you wear human <laughs> trainers and clothes. Fuck you, Sea World. Ah, so much, so much hate and shade is going to be thrown to you, Sea World, on our next episode. You're not even ready, Dom. How many times have you seen Blackfish? Oh, about ten, maybe more. That's that's how many times Sea World. <laughs> yeah, get fucked, okay. Sea World. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, can I but, can I tell you my last favorite effect bit? My last yeah wait can i just finish can i just finish this point this was one point it's one point because i was bringing up free woody for a reason when you look at jesse's trainers his very 90s they've got like the big like uh nike high tops and whatever and it is when you watch it you're thinking oh i'm watching a kid bond with a whale in the 90s and so it's not as timeless it's timeless to us because we watched it in the 90s so it's like we're going back to it but i imagine if i showed it to my son in like 10 years time or eight years time or whenever it'd be appropriate for him to watch it i don't know six he could probably watch it at six that uh then i wonder if he will look at it and be like oh you know they look at their hair and you know that kind of stuff because it's why don't yeah. they have holograms like we do dad <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but yeah sorry gum my, my last uh kind of fact about well that i can remember straight off the top of my head other things may come to me as as we discuss a little bit further into the plot but my last uh, sort of favorite bit of information about how they uh, made the film and made it look good was the the engine room and you know like the the pistons that are 
like spinning around and firing and they're massive and they're, they're going all sorts of crazy so that's a real engine room um of a of a ship so when they were filming this they found a ship from uh world war Two era that that still ran off like steam and, and operated that way and uh they, uh, David Cameron? Oh, Jesus, no. Edit that shit out. That big fucking lunatic. James Cameron had said to his special effects guys, you need to have this seamless transition between the real and the CGI. And, you know, like I said before, this is, this is really what he wanted. They all call him Jim. I want to be, I want to call him Jim. I want to be on a call Jim, him. Jim Call him basis. Jim. So Jim call was him. like, you've got to have the perfect blend, the perfect yeah. blend of real to, to CGI. And, and this is what I want to see in this film. So, they found the ship, they got permission to film on the ship, and they had people operating it. But the engine room of this ship was a third of the size of the Titanic's engine room. So, you know the gantries in the walkways that you see in the engine room? They mm-hmm. built gantries that were a third of the size of the ones on the Titanic, and they fitted them. And then they had all these tiny light bulbs and stuff to make it look like lamps and stuff that were on the Titanic, and they put them all across in this engine room, and they filmed it. And they filmed it operating, and they had little figures that, about this, you know, tiny green figures that they put in, so that they could then film that and then put people in working in the engine room. So it was a real, real live engine room with That's like crazy. pretend people poking out of it. And it's all so these clever. pretend people, Jim, sort of fooling us with your pretend crowd. <laughs> fake people you're adding into this film. I guess it makes. Paying for extras so much cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't have yeah. to feed them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no catering. The catering bill's less. Yeah. The bill on this movie's enough, Jim. It's already two hundred million. <laughs> they can't be adding extra bagels. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's my favourite bit. And the only other thing is that they actually built, you know, this, this a massive pool for you know the scene with uh, Kate and Leo at the end. Famous. Yeah. Well, yeah, was yeah, the, yeah. Was the door big enough or not? Um, got a lot to talk about with that but yeah they, they built i can't remember how many liters it's like thousands and thousands <laughs> of liters of water tank for them to actually be able to film it and jim would be in a like a wetsuit and in the water with them and he was like so hands-on it's crazy oh wow yeah so good so good was and, the water actually cold do you know that uh <laughs> apparently there's one of the errors in the film is that Kate and Leo are shaking because they're so cold, but none of the other people are. None of the other people are like shivering in the water. Why? But why are they? Okay, but why are they not shivering? They should be. It, You'd think they would, right? But yeah, apparently it's an error in the film. In the oh, I thought you was going to say something like the error was actually that your body would be so numb, you wouldn't, your nervous system would shut down, you wouldn't be able to shake or something like that, and actually they. But no, it's just the extras just were like playing dead or something. <laughs> yeah, just, just floating. But yeah, no one else is seen like shivering or anything like that, apparently. But I, I didn't look for it. I didn't notice it. I wasn't focusing on that. I was I was watching the film uh, kind of for what it is. And it's it's kind of glory. Yeah. And, and like I said, the highest grossing film of all time at the point at the time, you know, other than than Avatar, which which took over. So, yeah, I think it's fantastic phenomenal yeah especially with all like these marvel films like pre-covid when the box office was you know at its height that you know they can't even go past it you know um and that's an ode to great filmmaking in that you know people were invested in it 
where you know this day and age people is you know it's a generalization but you feel like people are more into you know the yeah these like marvel type films yeah when it when it comes to them i just remembered when it comes to the most expensive films ever made it's pirates of the caribbean one of them is the first one then it's like avengers 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 then it's pirates right. of the caribbean again and then it's kind of like titanic territory and other films like that wow i remember spider-man the third one for some reason like the toby Maguire one that was like just this kind of universally known as trash right what'd you say <laughs> i went the best one <laughs> but i was kidding <laughs> <laughs> right i remember that one was really expensive for some reason but yeah crazy 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 i I also can i just i realized that what i said may have sounded a bit stupid earlier about um if you watch if if i used to watch free willy now you'd know it was in the 90s right and you could say well when you watch titanic you know it's in 1912 but i guess what i'm trying to say the difference is is uh there's such a period of time that's passed right that when you're looking at what people are wearing and the costumes and everything in 1912 it feels like like a different a different you know world ago you know even though it's you know we're talking 110 years right where free willy is like in within our lifetime right it's within our childhood so it doesn't feel as long ago because we experienced it not necessarily bonding with wales but we experienced the 90s we didn't experience 1912 you know we didn't experience the second world war and all of that stuff yeah, a lot like what you had said before wasn't silly. You know, I, I totally got. I'm sure everyone listening totally got that you were saying. There's that feeling of being dated, and you can see it. And like Jesse, for example, in the film, will be wearing trainers and a hoodie, and that hoodie will be something that you know you wouldn't have seen since probably since the 90s. You know, it's not times have have changed, but we've lived that. And we've yeah. lived that moment, so we've witnessed that change. And then when you watch a film like Free Willy, it's like, fuck yeah, we've gone back in time. It hasn't changed, you know. It's kind of like when we do One Tree Hill, they're using like Motorola razors, and you're like, Jesus yeah. Christ, you know, as a as a company, is that do that they even exist anymore? You know, I know they do, but nobody ever talks about Motorola anymore. It's either Apple or Samsung, isn't it? You know, and that's kind of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all yeah. everyone ever focuses on. So time time does change, and it does evolve, and and develop and and when you go back to a film that isn't like like either a period drama or set in a time that is so far away from us that you know we don't know any different that then you kind of you notice the difference a lot more yeah exactly, exactly it's like what pop, you said so you it's sense. like pop culture oh well, good well thank yeah. you appreciate it <laughs> well how 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 do you want to do this one then how do you want to peel the onion do you want to? Do you want to go through? Should we go through chunks of the film? Should we do it in acts? So we do act one, act two, sure. act three, and and then we will kind of, kind of wrap it up at the end with our, with our kind of judgments. And um, I'm really bad with this film, so I've I've got the character names kind of on a, on a sheet. I, I can't remember the character names for the life of me, other than Rose and. Um, we can make up some names. Yeah, <laughs> Mustache Man that was in Jumanji, right? uh yes he was yeah um is that who let's be real it was all his fault pretty um, much i mean more or less i mean i, mean, I guess you, the captain has something to play in here because he could have just said no right he got pressured into it but yeah 
Well, let's let's work our way up to that because that's you know that's key second act, isn't it? Key middle part of the of the film. So let's let's start at the beginning. We start at the beginning. Um, we're in Southampton. Do you want to go? Do you want to go for it? Well, before we're, oh, we're before there, my friend, we're in sort of nineteen ninety seven, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're in the late nineties. Uh, we've bought with Bill Paxman, right? I always get Bill Paxman and Bill Pullman mixed up, but this is Bill Paxman. Paxman, Paxton. I, I, Paxton, I did this when on our Apollo thirteen episode. Paxton, yes, who I love, man, I love him. Um, rest in peace. I love and his aliens, James James Cameron. Yeah, yeah, he's so good in that, uh, and he's so good in like. Everything I've seen him in, he's got such a distinct voice that's really comforting. <laughs> um, and I always remember him in this, you know, like with the cigar and throwing it off at the end because, you know, he, he hasn't found his diamond. But, yeah, we have Bill Paxton and uh, his team and they're surveying the Titanic, the, the ruins that, that, you know, you already spoken about. And they're, they're trying to get in and, and find this diamond this rare massive blue uh diamond obviously we don't know that at this point but and they have do they call it duncan i think they called it duncan the uh like the robot arms that come out is it not snoop dog is it snoop dog yeah. I, I they said snoop dog but i feel like they called it duncan as well i'm sure there was a, something called duncan maybe uh but the the, the actual sub thing was called snoop dog because the whole point was that they snoop around and his do you remember when he puts the glasses on it says snoop dog yes across it. right okay but then maybe the arms are called duncan yeah i, I just so. i remember i remember he said someone said something about maybe it was the guy who was called duncan that was <laughs> <laughs> doing that. who knows but and they they find the safe it's in the wardrobe and they think they've found it they put it back up open it up they're all they're they're premature with like the champagne and all of that way premature let's see if it's in there first uh open it up it's not there but we've got uh, a drawing and we find the drawing is of rose we bring in this elderly woman that is rose in present day and she comes aboard the ship and then she starts to tell the story which i always forget like when we that bit happens and then as the story starts unfolding i forget that we're being told this story by this woman you know um and we we come back to her maybe two or three times right throughout the throughout the film yeah i think i think she gets a bit more than that so uh older rose was played by uh gloria stewart um who i thought did a you know a fantastic job oh, yeah. um and it's it's kind of amazes me that i i had sort of i knew that the point of the story was like they were looking at the titanic and, and the wreckage and they were kind of excavating what they could um and that it was about rose and it was through rose's eyes but i kind of forgotten the diamond bit and i'd forgotten um like how it begins and the and the granddaughter and all of that i'd so i'd forgotten the whole bit of roses i only ever have images like in my head of rose older rose it's kate winslet no older rose on the boat oh so I, I i'd forgotten the whole 
beginning bit where she's like here's doing the tv the pottery and, and stuff yeah, yeah she's doing a pottery and then she walks over and she's like i think that's me <laughs> you know and phones, yeah. phones you know bill paxton on his chip and's like the the picture you found i think is me but how like massively frustrating for bill paxton that he's in the right fucking safe but the diamond's not in there <laughs> yeah i mean you can't yeah you can't knock him as like a treasure hunter or whatever because he got to the exact right place um and it's such a it's such a great twist that the di- that she has the diamond you know that it's in her coat pocket and obviously we'll talk about it later but i remember like they don't hide that from you at all he puts it in his pocket and then later he just puts the coat round her and there, there it is. I mean, I guess the one thing I did think this time watching it was when you're when you're cold, Dom, and outside, and your hands are a bit cold, where do you put them? Uh, usually in my pockets. <laughs> hey, there's a big fuck off diamond in here. Woohoo! Buy my own boat. But you know, we forgive that because you know we do. So. But yeah, I always thought that was a that was a good a good twist. What what was really good about um, so Olda Rose, um, like I said, Gloria Stewart. She uh, she had no reason to meet Kate Winslet, but she asked to meet Kate when she was cast. So I think I actually think Gloria Stewart may have been cast first. Then when Kate Winslet was cast as the younger version of her, she said, "I want I want to meet her." And the the crew were like, "Well, why?" So like, because I I want to know if she does anything like has any sort of mannerisms or anything like that, oh, that yeah. I, I could pick up and use as the older version. So um, I thought that was, that was quite nice. Which apparently they came like very good friends and they used to drink champagne together. So that you'd be, you'd fit in really well with them. <laughs> yes. Invite me, Gloria and Kate. Let's go. <laughs> they're, they're, um, <laughs> God, I love champagne. What? <laughs> just making me think about it now. What? Um, she's got really, um, distinct eyes um Mm. like super blue aren't they like really light blue and uh, they use that a lot of sort of starting the shot close in on her eye and like sort of slowly um zooming out i i really liked as someone myself who gets quite eager when i'm in conversations about things that i feel passionately about which tend to be everything we podcast right because we choose (laughs) the films that we like and the TV shows that that we like, or that you are learning to like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, I liked how Bill Paxton's character kept like interrupting her because he was so eager to like join in with the story, and then she's like, I I forgot what his character's name, but it's like she's like, you know, do you want to hear this story or or not? <laughs> you know, it's a great touch. I think his character's name was Brock Lovett. Love it. Yeah, she's like, do you want to hear this story, Mr. Love It, or not? It's like, yeah. just, uh, you know, just let me tell the story. I, I love that the science guy was like, well, I think his name was Lewis, um, was like, she could be anyone. Like, she, I looked her up. She was an actress. So, you, you know, that that's enough to go on, you, you know, to tell you that she's full of shit and that sort of thing. I really didn't <laughs> want to believe it. And then as soon as she arrives, he's like, oh, like, okay, so this is how the Titanic sank and this is what happened. And she's like, yeah, I was there. And then as soon as, like, she's telling her story he's like in he's like he believes it now and i I quite like that it was good like really flipped him around by giving him some some detail 
he's you. He's you. That's <laughs> like, so, yeah. <laughs> get, get, tell me that's not you. I've had conversations like that with you before. Yeah, this person's interested in sponsoring the podcast. What person? Who are they? It's fucking bollocks. Blah, 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 blah. I'll show you the contract. Oh, okay. Yeah, manscaped.com. <laughs> All right, sounds good. <laughs> I don't believe anything until it's like official, some sort of official document somewhere. <laughs> Martine! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. It's too funny. That's my version of a Karen shout right there. Absolutely. It's a Martine. I'll be seeing Martine on Tuesday with my pound. Ooh. Get my trolley. Do you want to do some shopping say, for me? <laughs> say what now? Sure, we can go see Martine together. Yeah. Oh, for you. You want me to go? Like no, I'm no, like. <laughs> you're like. Uh, is it? Is it Billy? Billy Zane, mm-hmm. the actor's name. Yeah. Yeah. You're Billy Zane, and I'm just. I'm like that old dude that just follows you around, paying people off. <laughs> Yeah, do it. You're my you're my ex copper friend. <laughs> yeah, just gets things done. Um, we right okay. So yeah, so then we go into the Southampton bit, and Leo and his friend, who I forget his name, are I I can't remember any of the character names either. Um, so this will be fun. <laughs> but <laughs> they win. He wins on a full house. Fabrizio is his little friend. Fabrizio. Name. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he and. Uh, Jack wins on a full house, which when I was watching it back for the first time, like in recent years, I'd always remembered, I had remembered that he'd cheated. I thought that he like actually didn't have the cards and he just like took the tickets and ran off, but he didn't. He won like fair and square. What what I really loved about, about this bit as well is when the guy he's playing grabs him and he sort of scrunches off his face like i'm gonna get punched now and he punches the other guy and it's like his name was sven or something and then when they get on the ship so they they talk their way through and he like runs up they're literally the guy in the bar is like oi boys you've got five minutes before it like goes before it departs and they leg it and they get to the front of like have you gone through like the the, the, like restricted lines or whatever and i think it's like quarantine kind of thing because they're like checking them for lice so they're not traveling with any like little you know unwanted friends uh, yeah. Like, yeah 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 sure we've done that and then when they get the, to their cabin they find their cabin they open the door and like hi he goes hi i'm jack nice to meet you and like says hello to him he's like good to see you good to see you see you later and they're like where's sven <laughs> <laughs> i love that moment it's just like what the fuck who's this guy <laughs> waiting for our friend to join us on the boat and we got this random dude i thought it was so good that's good yeah uh, he says um when about the about that about he says um we don't have lice we're american (laughs) (laughs) or it's like any lice that we had we're taking them back with us yeah (laughs) it's our own lice it's our own lice they're american lice it's fine (laughs) uh, f's like favorite line that she says all of the time she's good at accents as well Uh, not as well as me as well as you which is well evidenced on this podcast which you know that means I have to hear you say it. Oh God! Can you can you guess? It's uh, one of Fabrizio's lines. I can't remember any of his lines. He says, um, I, "I'm not going to do it because I butcher it." But he says, "Oh God, I'll try." But then you do it better. He goes, uh, "I can see the Eiffel Tower already." <laughs> oh, not the Eiffel Tower, the Statue of Liberty! Damn it, Jesus! They're <laughs> going the wrong way. <laughs> Do you know why I thought that? Because the the French gave 
America's a statue of liberty, wasn't it? It was like a gift. Yeah. Okay. They did so there was reasoning. Actually, there's there's a little uh, there's a little side note. This is like when people go into way too much detail about films, but when you know when you see the Statue of Liberty at the end, mm-hmm. and and you see it in its green glory, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> the French gave it to the Americans as a gift. Yeah. And it was originally would have been brown. I'm assuming like coppery. And it took about 35 years for it to go from the brown colour to, to green. So when Kate looks at it and it's green, it should have actually been brown. <laughs> because okay. when they received it, it was sort of within the 35-year bracket. They, they, they got it at the end of the like the 1880s or whatever. So it, it hadn't quite passed that time of when it turned green. So, yeah, there you go. That's my boring fact nice. about the Statue of Liberty. No, I liked it. I liked it. Now can we get the quote? Uh, yeah, what was it again? I can see the Statue uh, of Liberty already. Yeah, but it's I really can... drawn out. Like <laughs> I can see the Statue of Liberty already. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I need to listen to it and then try it. That was awful. F does it really well. It's a shame. She's not here. But yeah, but yeah. Get her. <laughs> hey, <laughs> say the thing. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, their relationship and friendship is really, really nice. And I like the friendship that grows with Tommy, I think. Who got shot, Dom? Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I've got so much to say when he gets all of that stuff. <laughs> order. I need to see order here. Gosh. But, it, like, I mean, even from from this point now, so that right at the beginning, we're just getting onto the boat. They're kind of scrapping to make ends meet and get through he's got ten dollars in his pocket and that's it and then we see high society don't we and we see the lavish cars being you know craned into you know the hold of titanic and apparently it's a renault apparently the car that they're in is a renault i've never noticed this but apparently it's a renault so like again need to go back and have a look but um you see just the, the the sheer difference and i actually read a quote which i shamefully haven't written down or got with me but um james cameron takes your word he talks about the juxtaposition of of you know of, of the society on the ship you know you've got first very much got first class and you got third class mm-hmm. and the the differences between them and, and kind of bridging that gap and how frowned upon it is and you just didn't do that in those days and mm. yeah it's 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 mad to to see that i guess we don't we don't see that now really in films do we it's not really class systems and societies tend to be more i don't know we, i guess we do see it but we see it in a very different way it's not necessarily about money it's sometimes it's about race and it's you know it's brought up in very different ways in films now yeah and the gap isn't isn't so uh well it, obviously it can be but it feels like there's there's literally two halves of the boat like you were saying like the upper and the and the lower of the ship sorry and um but there's no there's nothing blase about it it's not trying to be hidden in any kind of way it's you're down there and we're up here you don't come up here we don't go down there and the that's kind of the theme of the whole movie and i think yeah like like you said um uh in sort of modern society the the gaps can yeah be are race related uh and 
you, you know genders and and lgbtq and all, all of the other you know minorities we're here this is actually a, a ship full of white people um it's generally it is just uh about the finances mm. uh, and i mean there's some horrible imagery um as we get on because you know like in the when they're looking through the the dead bodies to see if anyone's alive there's like you know a woman holding a baby that's like frozen um and you know it's literally like she would be alive right now if she was part of the upper class you know um sick yeah sickening yeah very very sad you know and and what's worse is that it's real as well is that it happened and and the you know class societies were were like that massively you know in terms of kind of financial and standing you know i'm from this family and so the 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 point of rose's story and her mother is that the the father has died and left them with nothing Uh, and they're living off their name so they live in this Mm. high society and they're on titanic and they're drinking champagne and stuff because they're living off a name and obviously you know billy zane's character's got money and in those days, you know, even if you had one million, it's probably that's probably worth about a billion now. If we were to translate <laughs> it now, you know, so it it it's it's about you know that name has carried them enough for them to be able to have passage on this the grand ship and kind of living luxury, you know, compared to Jack who's living in you know I, I guess we will call it squalor or whatever. But you see the 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 difference in their lives and the happiness because she's rich and miserable and has just been there's a really really good moment where you see uh rose look over a mother and daughter at a table and the mother is like sit close to the table and have your napkin on your lap and this is how you should eat a cake and this is how you drink tea and stop playing with your spoon and she's watching that happen she's thinking that has been my entire life you know so far and i look at jack who's free and so open and he's traveled and he's done this and he's done that and he we looked at his pictures and there's some lovely pictures and he's like i can tell you like her i was like well no she's actually a one-legged prostitute and he's just got crazy stories you know of a life that that she hasn't lived and will never live because she's so restricted by these rules of high society when he's so Mm -hmm. free and open because you know he answers to no one and he doesn't have to worry about it and and that's that's part of the story that I actually really enjoy is that Jack mm. is living his life and he's traveling and he's gone to Paris and he's in England and he's going back to America. And he talks about places that he's traveled in in America as well, you know, which wouldn't have been easy, um, uh, you know, through times of depression because th- this is exactly when it would have been. So, you know, it's, I-, I think it's great that we're seeing that difference as well yeah for sure well put it's a real credit to the writing of it because it's one thing to say i'm going to write about uh you know this historical event of this ship sinking but it's another thing to write this intricate uh love story and and having the love story be the thing that is uh like going between the the two classes let's say on the boat like because they're because that it's like romeo and juliet of but of the of the two different classes rather than it being like the montagues and the 
Boys Cap- are dumb. Capulets. Need no. <laughs> um, so yeah, and it is really well written, and you're rooting for them the whole time. I mean, Billy Zane's character is is such a ball bag and he plays it (laughs) so well like it's all credit to his performance because it's so good and wait and he he's american right uh yeah i think so pretty sure he's yeah so he's doing but he's playing he was english in the film right uh i i thought he was playing an american because even i've like posh americans in those days talk with quite a a like subtle accent. Yeah, or maybe, yeah, you're probably right. Because Kate bit. is playing Rose is playing an American. I think. No, was well, she? she was playing. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think. No, know. I think you're right. She was British, and the mum was British. He's American. They're going back to America to live with him because to he's, live with him. Yeah, because yeah, they're yeah, engaged. Yeah, yeah. Do you know in the film, um, Rose on the ship is meant to be seventeen. Really? Ever, yeah, did you ever realise? No. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> well, I assumed she was like in her mid-twenties or something. I mean, yeah. that's probably how old Kate Winslet was, right? You yeah. You think? I early think early so. 20s? Yeah, definitely. Meant to be 17. How old was he supposed to be? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure, but he probably would have been mid-twenties. Again, it's a societal thing, isn't it? And that kind of... I've got money, that's who I want to marry. And it's almost like if you marry into this family, you're going to have money and you'll be set for life. So, In the words of Jar Jar Binks, icky, icky, good. (laughs) (laughs) Am I wrong? You're not wrong, you're never wrong. That's perfect. Well, apparently I am about Brad Pitt. We'll find out in the comments. I'm putting a poll out. I don't don't, don't think he's wrong. I know, I'm playing. I'm playing. It was a great debate. Do you think his? Do you think Adam Sandler's better actor than Brad Pitt? No. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what uh, I really love about the beginning of this film, so the the first act is is that we find out who we like and we don't like almost straight away. So mm. we know we like Rose. We know we like Jack. We we know we hate. Is it Callard and Callard and Hockley? That's Billy Zane's character. It's like yeah, Cow. They call him Cow, don't they? Yeah, we know that we're gonna like. Uh, Kathy Bates's character, which is you know, Molly, Mrs. Mrs. Brown. Um, we know we're going to like the, the the designer of the ship. Um, yeah, which was uh, Thomas Andrews. We know we're going to hate the mum, which is uh, Ruth. You know, and we 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 already know who we're going to like like literally from this part of the film. You know, we know we're, we're not going to like um, Jonathan Hyde's character. He said the, the guy in Jumanji. Who's Bruce oh, yeah. uh, Ismay? We, we know we're not going to like him, um, and we've we've got it figured out literally from the beginning of the film. We just, you know we just don't know where it's going to go if we haven't seen it before. But we already know who our kind of protagonists are and antagonists, don't we? Yeah, for sure. I need to give you a quick recommendation, Dom. If you haven't seen it already it's called true story on netflix with um kevin hart and wesley snipes have you seen it no it's really good and it's it's something i think you would really like um the billy zane is in it um and he's really good in it um it's only like eight. true story did you say 
true true story yeah it's only like eight episodes really good like okay. me and me and f did a dom on it and watched it all in like two days or something so. <laughs> excellent yeah but i yeah i just say that because billy zane's in it but yeah you should you should watch it it's really good um but yeah that's totally right and then i guess as as we're sort of developing through and we're seeing more and more about uh the about the ship and about these characters it's where jack saves rose because she's well because she's considering jumping off the edge of uh of the boat of the ship sorry yeah and she's she's just had enough enough is enough she doesn't want to live that that life anymore and and feel like she's being you know bullied and and she can't she can't be free thinking you know this is of a time where uh she wouldn't have even been allowed to to vote you know and and i i guess she's enough's enough she doesn't uh, her mom's been a bitch probably her whole life you know she probably got on really well with her dad and her dad looked after a bit and he's not around anymore and then the mum has picked this suitor who is an absolute asshole, and it's just like i don't want to do this anymore and she's kind of hit rock bottom and and decides that's it and then leo comes to the rescue you know they show that quite well that the mum is sort of sweet on billy zane's character uh, because they're always walking around linking arms aren't they like i know it's kind of a probably like a finishing school kind of manners type situation but uh yeah that was an interesting point off the back of what you said and yeah do you know what also is a good layer about this so when he convinces her to to come off but she slips and he pulls her up and they sort of bond over that but then when like the staff come over and whatever initially they think that he was like assaulting her or you know trying to i don't know you know do sexual deviance towards her but um then it turns out that he's the hero but then the ex police officer that's like cow's kind of like bodyguard go-to guy questions you know how you managed to if you thought she was falling in but yet you had time to take off your shoes and your coat you know like he's always a sort of step one step behind them you know i think that's a good uh, layer to add in and obviously he's the one that later that puts the diamond sets him up and puts the diamond in his pocket and all that sort of stuff yeah he, this guy picked this pick immediately picked up on the extra detail when everyone's talking about the heroics and stuff like that and and you know actually rightly so they should be talking about the heroics because they they made a a shock judgment because they heard rose shouting for help he then manages to to pull her back over and then sort of lands on top of her by accident as you know just by sheer force of falling over as as they you know as he manages to pull her back over the railing and um i guess it's kind of that classic thing it's like post-victorian era where you know ladies didn't wear anything above like ankle level sort of thing and they see a bit of leg and they're like oh my god this guy's like doing all sorts of nasty things because you see just you see her i think you see her knee that's like as much leg that you see. You see her knee and then down her calf and obviously to her foot. And they're like, oh my God, what the hell are we looking at here? This is just totally unacceptable. Um, he's obviously doing some nasty things to her. And, and then they, they 
they chain him up, don't they? They get the master of arms who turns up with his, you know, little pistol and his handcuffs and they handcuff him for a minute. And then it's like, no, no, he saved me. And it's like, oh, okay, we'll join us for dinner. <laughs> it just changes completely. Well, and, and it's funny you saying about like it's scandalous that, that, you know, we saw her knee where today, 110 years later, we have, you know, Cardi B and Megan the Stallion's uh, WAP. Are you familiar WAP? I, I am familiar. Yeah, I was going to say it, but I'm not going to. <laughs> you you say it. You tell me. I can't. <laughs> I want you to. That's a where that... No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> where that's pussy. <laughs> 110 years later, but yeah. Interesting. Uh, that's a music video shows how that I've seen. Oh, I've not, I've not seen it. <laughs> oh, my God, Dom. Should that's what it's it? all about. Should I watch it now? Later. Okay. <laughs> on your own. <laughs> on, on your own time. Oh, when... my gosh. Seeing a little bit more than me there, are we? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should... Um, after this as well, and if people haven't seen, there's a parody video on YouTube somewhere that's called Titanic 2, right? But it's not like... Uh, it's it's clips or It's like a trailer for the second Titanic movie, but it's clips from Leonardo DiCaprio movies and Kate Winslet movies and pieces it together to, sh- to show that Jack actually survived and he washed up on shore. <laughs> <laughs> and he like goes to find uh rose and whatever because you know they were in revolutionary road together leonardo DiCaprio and kate winslet so there's like scenes of them together in that and they're like an older couple and it's hilarious um i'll send it to you afterwards but <laughs> i implore people to go and check that out but yes that whole bit moves the story along because now jack is invited to dinner but as you said this is high society he doesn't know any of these you know manners and boundaries and how to dress and etc etc and molly kathy Bates's character supplies him with a suit because he's roughly the same size as her son and uh she's sort of helps him you know and does the infamous the forks you know start from the outside which i've always remembered yeah to this day when there's multiple cutlery it's like start start out Start on the outside and make your way in. And she, yeah, she, it's almost like she gives him a little, like a helping hand, you know. And um, even Rose has to lean in and go, all right, it's now like cigar and brandy time. And they go and talk politics and all that crap. Um, and it, it's like, you can tell that Rose would probably hold her own quite well, you know, how, how well she gets on with the ship's architect and stuff. Um, uh, and he says repeatedly, you, you know, you're so bright. You don't miss a thing, you, you know. And she probably would have, you know, really, really held her own, you know, with all those guys and, and probably probably drunk them under the table as well. Uh, you know, we, when she, we see her drink the, the pint of whatever it may be, you know, some sort of stout or Guinness um, uh, later on when, when she goes and has a little dance. But she gets to experience kind of uh, that other side of things, doesn't she? She She gets to experience that, the life that, that Jack kind of lives and, and the fun that these kind of what feels like unrestricted people get you know we call mm. them unrestricted people even though they're sent to lower decks and you know can't go to certain places because they're so massively restricted that they're, they're it's almost that like they are the juxtaposition of their class because they're they're like free they're doing what they want they're having parties they're having a nice time they're drinking they're having a laugh you know 
and they're having fun and they're enjoying themselves and excited about where they're going. Whereas anybody in the upper class bit is just like, nobody seems to care that they're going to New York or seems that keen on it. They're just doing it because someone's told them to. Yeah. And it's like the freedom of no expectation and no obligation, you know, that they're not expected to have to act in a certain way. They can just act as themselves and the freedom within that. And I think that's why it's so interesting and such a great character to have in it of Kathy Bates's character, because she's what they call like new money, right? So she has just recently found herself within this upper class system. And, uh, and so she still has that about her and she's a bit rough around the edges and the 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 upper e women don't really like her that much you mm-hmm. know and she's sort of uh goes against the grain and uh it's so she's a great ally for jack to have in those moments yeah and she's really not afraid to speak her mind and kind of put a point across and be like this is all ridiculous you know this is what we should be doing and yeah she she makes a really good statement um uh, and uh, Kathy Bates is just brilliant. So, <laughs> yeah, helps. she's great. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's really great. Where where do we move from from here? Is where we get more. It's like the love story is deepening. Yeah, so we, we know how this goes, and I'm sure that you know most of the people listening have definitely seen the film. So, <laughs> like, um, let, let's kind of move it on. The love story continues. It's you know, th- there's moments of you know, I can't see you anymore. Rose is put under a lot of pressure from from you know Billy Zane's character, and it it, it becomes very awkward. And she's like, "I can't see you anymore, Jack, because you, you know you don't control me. I'm I've got to live my life. You've got to live your life. You're a lot freer." And it, there's that horrible bit of tension, and and you perfectly categorized it as as Romeo and Juliet, you know, and gave it that kind of subtitle because it is you know two opposing forces that that you know have fallen in love with each other and they fall in love with each other so very quickly it's like the space of a day um and then as the the story develops the the more um is it hockley i'm trying to think yeah uh, so billy zane's character mr hockley starts to realize that something's developing here and he uses his you know manservant mr lovejoy to stop <laughs> these things happening and it's just like okay run interference give them trouble and then they're running away and they're escaping and we get the, the very famous scene of the the hand on the you know inside the car um mm-hmm. and you know when it's all hot mm-hmm. and steamy you know mm-hmm. um, <laughs> is that mm-hmm. enjoyable moment for you just <laughs> no i was gonna make a really inappropriate joke <laughs> It was to do with the music video we were talking about. <laughs> they're doing their own yeah. version. <laughs> yeah, they're doing. Yes, yeah, but it's um, that is infamous, isn't it? The and that's been parodied in so many things with the hand slapping on the. Yeah, 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 yeah. and they and they manage to get away. They they escape, and there's uh, you, you know, staff from from the ship that are chasing them now, and. Uh, they manage to get out and it's all fun and games and and then we move into kind of let's talk like move head in towards the, the second act of the film so this is where you know things start to get really tense because uh, from the love story point of view I mean not just the, the ship sinking but we get to a point where Kate is opening up a bit she's Kate sorry Rose is opening up a bit she's being a bit freer she's um 
kind of acting in a way that she's like that is defiant to her mother is defiant to her um fiance and she wants to experience more of you know what uh, jack has experienced and she asked to be drawn i want to be i want you to draw me like one of your french girls you know the the mm-hmm. most famous mm-hmm. line in the film possibly except for you know i'm the king of the world which we didn't mention at the beginning oh uh, yeah yep. um <laughs> and uh you know he does so and he he does the picture and that's you know that's where we get the story and that gets eventually locked in the safe and we notice you know it's noticed that rose is missing she's not at dinner or she's 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 not turned up for some function and that's when more of the cat and mouse happens but whilst this is happening we are heading straight towards a cold bit of the atlantic ocean so you mentioned earlier the the ship kind of i'm not sure who he is he put the ship together designer or something like that he's not the designer yeah we've got the ship builder and then we've got the ship designer the ship designer is the one that was in jamanju's bit of an asshole yeah 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 he yeah. wants the headlines imagine go out with a bang exactly that so tell, tell me about tell me about this guy and as we're heading towards that fatal moment yeah well he uh, he wants he's talking to the captain over coffee or breakfast or whatever and saying you know he wants you know we're on time we're doing really well but we want to give the press and papers something to to write about you know go out with a bang you're going to retire this is your final voyage which is always the type the, the case isn't it just like you know in all like police um sort of buddy movies and stuff i was one day away from retirement and then you know but uh and he doesn't want to the captain's like well you know we're doing well and whatever and uh he just pressures him into doing it and he's in he basically you know says that he will and uh so yeah that's they light what do they say they like the other it's not barrels something isn't it engines i don't know there's like three more of something to make the ship go faster do you know what it is yeah so they're, they're steam engines so they, they light up the furnaces to to get the oh right that's it to get the engines like operating quicker make make the, the ship faster uh, does and... he call it boilers the three more boilers yeah i guess was it so. just for is it just furnaces no, yeah I think, yeah i think I'm sorry, boilers is probably right um i can't remember to be honest but um yeah uh and he says you know the the captain is kind of convinced isn't he and he sort of thinks maiden voyage of this ship supposedly unsinkable um this is my last voyage across the atlantic um that i've done you know many times before in other boats uh, in other ships sorry and this is this is where we're, I, i'm gonna this is where my legacy will lie you know i'll be the the first captain of the titanic uh and the and we got across a day early you know, a day quicker than expected mm-hmm. because, you know, we've got the extra engine power. Um, but he gets crazy. warned about the icebergs, like, before it happens, like, by one of his, um, you know, next-in-line officers or whatever. Are they officers on on a, on a ship? Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's a that, that, funny know... moment as well because Rose overhears it, doesn't she? Uh, and And she sort of relays that story to the, the, the people she's telling the story to and the science guy is like son of a bitch he even knew it was like fucking icy and blah, blah blah and he still did that and he sort of kicks up a fuss about it 
Yeah, because they're saying that the the water is actually so calm, you can't they can't spot the breakwater at the bottom of the icebergs. Mm. Um wow, well, which is crazy. That's crazy. That's so scary. But as just a couple points that I just wanted to mention of like humorous moments that you wouldn't expect was uh one point where Rose brings up Freud and Cal says, who is this Freud? Is he a passenger? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. And the fact that they've got like um, Monet's and like Picasso's and things. And it's like, oh, he'll he'll go nowhere. And, you know, all they, you know they're just blah, so blasé about these, you know, pieces of art that are probably worth like millions, you know, like now anyway. Um, so, yeah, there's actually some quite... And there's the part which we're going to come and talk to you now, I guess, is where uh, Leo gets... They, they decide that they're going to be together, Jack and Rose, and they're going to go and tell Cal, and it's going to be a whole thing. And did you say his name's Lovejoy? Yeah, I think so. The, the like, cop guy. Yeah. Um, he plants the diamond in Jack's pocket to sort of frame him for it, and then Jack ends up being handcuffed to, like, the pipe. Um and then uh, I guess we cut there for a second because then at this point we're... Oh, no, it's before that, isn't it? Because actually Jack and Rose are, like, kissing Yeah, the boat's on the already deck. out of water when he's chained up, so... That's right, that's right. They're kissing on the deck and then the two guys are like, oh, they're getting, you know, they're getting warm down. I bet they're warmer than us. And he's like, oh, if that's what it takes to be warm and, you know, blah, blah, blah. They're, like, bantering up there. Mm. And then he looks right ahead and we get that famous line, which is... Iceberg, dead <laughs> And then it's like the panic and the rush and they're pulling on the, there's not a steering wheel, but pretty much on the steering wheel. And what's it called? The helm. The helm, yeah. The, the, the helm of the ship, the, the wheel. It's pit, you know, not on, they're trying to put the the ship in reverse and stuff and... Oh, I mean, even when you're looking at that angle, like when you're seeing it from their angle, like at the top, you can see that it's definitely going to hit. Like it doesn't yeah. look like there's any chance that they're... <sighs> it's horrific. I mean, you only you only see a third of, of an iceberg anyway, don't you? What What's under underwater right. is, is like massive. But there's so many theories about um, had they not turned, had they not made that turn, they probably would have made it to New York. If they'd have hit it head on, even at the speed they were going, so they try and slow the, the the ship down. But even if they'd hit it head on, it probably would have flooded the front two compartments, and they would have been all right. There would have been enough. Um, there would have been like so little water on the ship compared to what there was. Uh, you, you know, when it actually hit, that they would have made it back. They would have been okay. Well, they could have just sh- locked locked it off. So and yeah, then it would have just yeah, been you know all when right. all the doors start shutting and they're shutting all the yeah, engine yeah. to try and stop the water like going from chamber to chamber to chamber. But because because they turn and they move the ship in one direction, it just goes all down the, the side. Rips, yeah, rips down the side of the ship. So it then causes uh. this massive problem because it's just opened up the ship and then the water's just flooding in through the side, and that's what's obviously building up the water pressure inside, and then making it too heavy to move and weighs it down and it eventually you know sinks we know what happens but had they hit it head on apparently they would have been okay 
they would, would have... it have split the iceberg then or would like uh, as I mean, in I, would I it would or would it just stopped the ship and I, then I, they would have to just back it up i don't like know a three point turn icebergs are kind of floating aren't they so it would have done some considerable damage just... to the front of the ship but it might have like moved it away knocked it out of the way yeah so they would have had to stop kind of work out what the hell was going on but would have been able to block off those in, like those chambers at the front that then wouldn't flood the rest of the ship and they would have been able to make it back no way i mean that's kind of like um i mean very different very different but you know <laughs> if you're going quite fast in in your car um yeah. and like say like a rabbit jumped out you're meant to just not not swerve right because if you swerve there's more chance of you causing an accident or flipping your car or something yeah but you see a rabbit jump out instant reaction is to move is to get you know to swerve mm. um different to icebergs but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man that's crazy mm. That's so sad. Mad. Uh, and we find out, and we've already found out earlier on in the film, as uh, Rose is doing the, the, the little tour, that they don't have enough lifeboats because they were unsightly. Oh, my God. And Cal hitting it with his, like, cane, just like a waste of deck space anyway on an unsinkable ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's just like, oh, you, you heed those words, my friend. Heed those words. Ah, uh, but he makes it. Mm. Well, we'll talk about that. But oh man, yeah. And then, but then, it's as much as it's a long film, it's really well paced because you're not. Uh, there's not a, a point where I was bored at any point. And then when, like, you almost kind of forget. Like you never forget, but you were so invested in the love story. And then when the iceberg hits, and then it's like, oh, and the. Is it the, the not the moustache guy? So which was? Did you say the moustache guy was the designer and the other guy was the builder? Yeah, because he's the one that says like we had seventy, seventy men at the 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 docks in Ireland, like standing in the ship, standing in the rafts, making sure that they were you know strong enough and sturdy enough to to carry this many people. You know, don't don't fuck about. Get these get these people and fill them up. Because there was one were, there with twelve. Yeah, twelve people in it. 12 people and it can fit 70 what was he thinking ridiculous ridiculous but it's it's that high society thing okay there's enough people on there we need you know get another get another raft ready because you know those people they don't want to sit too close to other people you know they don't want to be packed on it's just crazy isn't it crazy to think that 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 happened that yeah i mean and so that stuff really did happen, like with those boats. Like they would have been. What was that? Is that like people giving their accounts when they got back? That because that is insane. Yeah, that what's insane? What's really good about this as well, and and James Cameron's sort of love of um, the Titanic and and wanting to explore it, you know, um, for real in real life, is that when making the film, he went and did so much research. And looked at so many um, accounts of people, like people had said that you know accounts from witnesses and people that were there, um, and really wanted to build as much of that into the story as possible, uh, in you know into the film. And so, kind of, a lot of those points and a lot of those facts are real. Yeah, 
it's really good. Well, I mean, it's horrible, but I mean, it's the way that it's been uh, portrayed and told. Yeah, definitely. But that that guy who's the builder, um, I guess actually this is a little bit later, but he says, because um, the whole point is it's this unsinkable ship, and he says, you know, it's built of iron. She will sink, mm. you know. Yeah. This nice. will happen. This is a mathematical certainty. Mm. Uh, and he says you've got like an hour, maybe two. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and when they're like, oh, what about the pumps? And he's like, that will save you minutes at best. That's not going to save anything. That's just like, yeah, absolutely nuts. And they're like, get the carpenter. Do you remember when the, the captain says, get the carpenter to come and look at the, <laughs> the front of the ship and make sure we're all right? And it's just like, no, you're, you're fucked, mate. Unfortunately, you're... <laughs> just imagine a guy walking around a corner with a hammer and a couple nails. Where's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll sort bought, it out. Put some sandpaper. <laughs> yeah. Put the kettle on, would you? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yeah, it's crazy. Well, and then this is where just it go, it kicks in, you know, to a hundred miles an hour, and some of the effects, you know, of, with all of the water, which it must have been difficult to film. Like I always think this about movies that are, you know, water based, is that because we're seeing one take and you know have there's we've got so many takes that they're doing of all of these shots where they're just like stood in the water and you know i'm assuming it's probably probably not icy cold water but it's probably cold water you know and uh yeah, yeah. i mean it's probably not the most comfortable thing in the world and then being wet and then have probably maybe having to wait to dry to then get wet again and yeah it's not nice but it's funny you say that about the cast and and the, the amount of takes they took because um, there's one thing I watched where they're sitting around the, the dining room table in that scene where Jack gets invited to dinner because after saving Rose and um, they're saying that it's lucky that we had such a great and fun cast because we would be sitting at that table for hours because you know and then you just heard uh, Leonardo DiCaprio do his line and then again and again and again and again and again because they then had the camera just on each different person as they went around the table and there's a moment where like someone burps and then he goes, oh, I can't remember my fucking line. Who remembers the line? You know, and there's, and they and they they have a laugh. And he said that actually the cast got on so well that it was quite nice that they had moments like that and could have a laugh. And there's a couple of like sort, sort of bloopers. You don't really get bloopers from films like this, but there's a few moments of bloopers like that where it's just like we need to kind of to break the tension a little bit. There's so much seriousness and... You know, we're, we're quite a funny group of people, so let's let's have a moment to enjoy. So that was nice. Yeah, awesome. Uh, well, so Jack is locked up and handcuffed, and then, uh, you know, Rose goes to get him. She does the axe bit where she actually closes her eyes when she swings the axe at him. And it's that hilarious beep, yeah, go on, tell it. It's the practice, isn't it? It's the yeah. practice, like, okay, swing at that like, that door. Okay, now swing again and see how close you get. And she's, like, miles away. And it's like, oh, crap. And he's like, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, let's just go for it. Well, that was the other comedy beat I was going to say earlier. When she goes to get the axe, well, to find something, and then he's just like, and she's left and he says, I'll stay here. You know, I'll wait here. It's like, it's a good, it's so frustrating when she's trying to find the axe and like that guy's just trying to like drag her out the corridor and all of that stuff. Yeah. And she smacks him in the face though. 
And she's yeah. like, you know, get like, get off me. And eventually punches him. He's like, well, God help you. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, yeah. okay, I've got to go. Got to go save the man I love. It's all very quick, she, isn't it? She fell in love very she, quickly. Yeah, but Dom, come on. He could High have pressure lies. situations. <laughs> he, even if he does, he's taking them back. He had them <laughs> when he, you know, he's bringing them home. He's taking them back. It's high-pressure situations, you know, like Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock and Speed. It happens when you're trapped in a bus and you have to go over 50. Yeah. <laughs> we should definitely cover Speed at some point. Dennis Hopper, De- what a legend. Do you like Speed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good film. Great. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, eventually they, they sort of get back out, right? And um, we're at a point where... It's all about the lifeboats and it's all about the chaos of everyone getting on the lifeboats and the class systems of, you know, and, and women and children first. And uh, Cow is trying to bribe that guy, you know, he's put all, puts all that money into his pocket, which I think basically is part of what leads to his suicide, right, is the guilt of he was trying to be bought off. Do you think as well as like, I know he shoots Tommy well, I think he has that sort of great moment of going, you can't, like, throws the money back at him, doesn't he? It's just like, you can't buy your way out of this, like, fuck off. Like, there's more pressing things going on and I'm here to help people. And it's just got to that point where it's so manic and frantic and it's all going a bit crazy and he doesn't know what's going on and he just makes this wrong decision and, and shoots Tommy, who is kind of lunging forward you know he's trying to get to the boats because he's trying to you know not only save his life but the life of you know his the cabin mates and people that have been in third class and there's children and women that are prioritized because you know they're they're first class and then the women and children are eventually prioritized in third class and it just takes too long and they manage to break out you know where they're locked in and um apparently that's the only sort of inaccuracy is that they weren't ever locked in in real life like right. that's, you know dramatized just to add that in i don't want to ruin things for anyone but just to make you know make people aware um and yeah that guy makes a decision he fires his weapon and i guess he realizes actually i i can't come back from that i can't redeem myself from that i don't want to be known as the officer that stood at the Killed side of the ship that person, was yeah. yeah that was thinking and this man who's panicking and just wants to to live i, I then killed him I, I didn't even give him a chance to try and live you know continue to live in in the disaster that has that has happened and yeah decides that actually the, the best way forward is to to take his own life which is sad it's such a tragic moment like there's enough yeah. tragedy going on and he he decides to to do that and i mean the guy the guy at the earlier but like before that who is waving his gun about and is like get back or i will use this and then then he turns around and loads it you know and he's shaking when he loads it they're obviously yeah. you know they're kind of not set up for you know this kind of pressure i guess they're they're not they're not fighting it's not, the na- yeah, it's not yeah. like the navy is it yeah it's, his, his... it's not their nature as well i suppose they're they're there to serve people and manage the ship and and get it across the atlantic and back again and it's it's a luxury ship isn't it you know they're they're you know as much as they're the crew he's an officer and he's going to be 
you know looked after quite well and it's actually he's decided he's made a, a very bad mistake and that's the only way he thinks he can repay it i suppose yeah i mean there's a couple things there so yeah that that guy that shoots tommy because he also shot someone else first i mean he shoots two people doesn't he but mm. i uh it's a super sad moment for some reason he really stuck out i like that i like that he like saluted before he did it not i mean i didn't like it but i thought it was like a it was like a nice touch um but yeah super tragic and then the way he falls back into the water and then the other guy that was like like you said didn't have it didn't have the gun loaded his voice always sticks into my head when i watch this of the order i need to see order here and it's like i'll shoot you all like dogs or something like that it's uh there's yeah. like a slight welsh tinge to his accent as well when he's like yeah see people back and i'm like oh wow <laughs> come on dom let's hear it come on like order order <laughs> Or I'll shoot you down like dogs. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that is. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's it's rough and yeah, yeah. And, and this whole time, uh, they're trying to get Rose onto a boat, right? And Cal kind of lies and makes it look like that. There's a boat on the other side that him and Jack can get in. And, you know, Rose is, she's on the boat and she doesn't really want to go. And but and then there's like, you know, lots of eye contact as she's being lowered. And then it was just too much eye contact. She jumps off. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, but Cal can't take it because they, they meet and embrace and they're, they're destined to be together. They're, they're in love. So Cal just grabs, grabs the, the gun off of his man and just starts going for murder. <laughs> if if he can't have her, nobody can. But they, what amazes me is that after he gives up going after them, is that they just keep running. I think they keep assuming that he's coming after them. And that's what gets them into, like, a little bit more trouble. You know, and the, the, the water's getting deeper, and uh, there's a moment where it comes firing down the, the corridor at them, and they manage to escape, and there's that man that, grabs his little boy doesn't he off of off you know jack goes up to him he's like hey like are you okay what's gonna come with us and the dad like pushes him away he's like get away from him and i i guess maybe he thought he was doing what you know cal eventually does and he's like picking up a kid and he's like i'll oh, get me off the boat i've got a kid mm. um but he takes takes his son and then is they're like you're going the wrong way and you know that he just gets smashed to bits by the water you know and fired down the corridor like to think that they get to the other end of the corridor and they can like gap and run or something but we never see them again sadly uh, there, there's so many bits here i um i reckon i had tears probably about f- maybe four times uh, and one of them was the kids being put into bed which we've discussed you think they're dead because you're sick um <laughs> i don't want them to be dead i don't even want them to die in the ship sinking but like, You've created this whole spin-off movie where this woman's <laughs> killing her kids. And like... If she can help them peace restfully without suffering like from drowning. So it's not murder, and it's dying slowly. euthanasia. Yeah, like if she can help them rest peacefully without having to go through the trauma of drowning, then... You know, maybe that's maybe she was she was trying to be kind and doing a, a kind thing. I I thought they were already dead, but you know, 
maybe they weren't. Maybe they were just asleep. But, you know, I would be very surprised if anyone could sleep through that noise. <laughs> Regardless of their age or how tired they are. It's a bit of racket going on outside. <laughs> can, you tell, can you tell the water and ocean and the pressure that's trying to get in here to keep it down? Yeah. Martine! <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, for real. I, well, I I thought that they're alive, and she's trying to put them down to sleep. To, but yes, let's people let us know in the comments. But that bit gets me, and then the old couple that are just cuddling in bed, that and as the water is coming in around them, oh, like yeah. there's so much imagery that's uh, like iconic and just so poignant. Like even the. Um, I mean, jumping around a little bit here, but even the the builder guy, as everything's falling off of the shelves and he's setting the clock to be right on the mantelpiece. Yeah. When it's like, he gives a shit in a minute, this is all going to be at the bottom of the ocean. Um, But the point is that he built that ship, you know, and he wants all those details to to be right. It was sad that we see... Tommy die, but we see Fabrizio die as well. I'd forgotten that. He gets, like, slammed by one of the chimney things. I guess it's not a chimney, but whatever it is, the massive is. Well, yeah, what else? Fucking smoke comes out of it, so it's a chimney. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) (laughs) It's written in the manual. What is this thing? (laughs) Fucking smoke comes out. It's a chimney. Just say what it is. But yeah, it's all super sad and then it's all chaotic. And uh, it just gets to the point where... So Cal grabs a little kid, a, a, a girl that's like that's crying and manages to get himself on, on a boat. Um, and Jack and Rose know they have to stay on the boat, on the ship for as long as they possibly can to, to stay as dry for as long as they can, right? And then this is the point where, like you said earlier it plays out with it snapping and then and bobbing up eventually, which I was always thinking that must be so terrifying. Um, the thought of it dragging you with it, you know, down. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But like just being anywhere near it as it's, you know, you get caught up in its wake and you're just dragged down with it. It's just horrible. I mean, the whole thing is fucking terrifying, but, yeah that that part in particular and the the potential for the life rafts to be pulled in with it as well like you've made mm. it onto a raft and you're like rowing away and you think okay we might we might be okay and then yeah if you're too close to that then you're you're done for and what about the band that's obviously iconic as well yeah i, I thought they were great i thought they did a did a really good job and you know, it's it's a sad kind of ending and sort of demise again. I think that's true as well of the real Titanic that they just continue to play. And there's a really great comment that Tommy makes is like, you know, um, as he runs past, it's just like, you know, playing to die or so, uh, songs to die to or music to die to. There's the, you mm-hmm. know, you, you can tell the rich are dying here or something like that. You know, he makes a, a comment about it. And I thought it was a really, really, really sort of, sort of poignant moment as well is that's when he just manages to get to the to the top of the deck and anywhere near the life uh, you know boats and stuff and yeah it was an interesting moment and uh the guy that's like sort of the the leader of the band so to speak he says uh one of them says 
they're not even listening to us. And he said, well, they don't listen to us at dinner either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's not going to change. <laughs> and he, he yeah. tells them to go, doesn't he? And then he's like, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. carry on playing, you know, to try and, I don't know. Keep like, warm, I think he says, doesn't he? Yeah. It's, like, it's just to kind of keep the spirits of everyone going, I suppose. And just like, just working his way through it. And they, the rest of the, the, the um, quartet or whatever it is, come back to join him, don't they? Yeah, and that's sweet, um, like as in that they're sort of in it together. We get the captain, um, who I think obviously is feeling a lot of guilt, um, and he goes to stand in the, what would you call it, the the captain's bit, where the helm is and all of that stuff, and that's an iconic image as well of all of, that's like the glass buckling. The bridge. <laughs> yes that's what we call, we call yes. the bridge yeah okay yeah. let's take it there I think I, I mean it's it's kind of like an unwritten maritime law isn't it that captain must go down with his ship so mm-hmm. he would have made that decision and gone I'm gonna I'm gonna stand here and I'm gonna let you know nature take its course which is also very sad yeah so that actually happened as well yeah like I mean the captain went down with the ship yeah but I don't know if it happened in that manner no yeah 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 but I mean yeah but in actual the actual Titanic captain went down with the Titanic yeah that's rough what amazes um, me is that you get moments of um, uh, Benjamin Guggenheim as well do you notice they say Mr. Guggenheim or Mr. Guggenheim do you, have you heard of the Guggenheim like museums and stuff and galleries no. so the the Guggenheim uh, I think there's one in New York like famously in a couple of others elsewhere um uh, so Guggenheim was like this millionaire at, at that time and he died on Titanic and his daughter then um I think her name's Peggy was then like a, a massive patron of modern art so there's Guggenheim museums and Guggenheim galleries around the world and he and her father was on Titanic mm. and, and they mentioned Did he survive no, no, he he died on Titanic. You see him. If you, mm. He's the one that's sort of sitting there in the chair, and he goes, "Get me a a whiskey, or get me a gin and tonic, or something like that." When people are running around, and there's all sorts of crazy shit happening. Oh, and then, and the then guy that's like water coming towards him is like in a top hat and stuff. Yeah, he's the guy that's like we're we're dressed in our best, and yeah. uh, we're for whatever, and they're not putting a life jacket on because. Then he's like, but we'll have a brandy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know who I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So yeah, it's all of this powerful iconography, um, and the the priest as well. That's uh, you know he's giving like the prayers and everyone's sort of holding on to his hands and stuff. There's a really big focus on him as well, and I I'd, I'd totally forgotten about him to be honest. I've forgotten <laughs> how much focus goes into him as the boats tipping and and it's you know starting to go vertical and he's just holding on to whatever's buckled down to to the deck and it like he's getting more and more into that position you know and any minute now it's just gonna he's gonna drop because you know how can he continue to hold on um and i thought that was you know you just sort of see his him getting closer and closer to the camera mm. the camera's like stationary but the ship is moving towards them you know because it's as it's lifting out of the water and he's just continuing to say his you know prayers prayers yeah 
Yeah, and and uh, you know, especially in those times where uh, you know the, the, every people were much more religious in general than they are now. That's you know, more people are religious. What's the words I'm trying to say, Dom? I don't know. Religion, religion. So many more people were, uh, you know, like Christian then than they are now. So it's like it was even more of a focal point then. Oh right, know? yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess like faith and belief in in that religion was, you know, important, and I guess it, yeah, meant a lot to people so that it, he was doing what he was doing. Yeah, which is awesome that he was doing that, you know, in the face of his own death. Um, and and then we get the bit where they're now on, like, the back of the, like, they're now on, like, the top waiting to sort of go down. And you've got that guy that's, like, with his hip flask and some poor people are, like, falling off and, like, falling down and, like, horribly, like, smashing into the chimneys and all of the stuff. Um and then yeah, it goes down, and now we're in the water, mm. and uh, it's chaos in the water, isn't it? There's people that have survived this part, and they're they're kind of all scrabbling around to find anything that they can hold on to, to you know, to float on, and to hopefully get to a raft if a raft comes back for them. And um, you know, Rose ends up in a bit of trouble, and someone sort of grabs her and is like dunking her under the water to, to to get to like a barrel or something like that and eventually jack you know finds her and comes to the rescue and he like punches the guy a few times so jack actually murdered someone because that guy, that got punched. guy yeah he got punched in the face a few times and like didn't didn't resurface no time to check. It's <laughs> We've got, got women killing kids and putting them to bed a few minutes ago. <laughs> it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? Every every man for themselves by that point. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get the infamous door, right? The infamous door. Now, the one thing I would say you'd know is that she's the only... Because other people are holding on to things that are floating, but she is the only one that's actually out of the water. Mm. And I'm assuming that's why she's the one that survives for as long, because she's not actually in, in the water, right? That's what we're... But he does try to get on it himself, and as he does, it starts to sink, mm-hmm. right? And then there's a moment where you see him realize that he is going to die, right? He sort of has this sort of look on his face of, okay, I can see what's going to happen here. And then he just goes into, you're going to be okay, Rose. You've got to keep believing, you know, and he has that great monologue about she's going to die and old lady, you know, warm in her bed and you've got to live your life and never let go. And I think people, a lot of the time people hold on to, never let go as in he's saying never let go of my hand which is not what he's saying he's saying never let go of hope that you are gonna survive and get past this right yeah and i mean we even experienced that right at that moment because um you know sadly jack does die freezes to death because there's no way that can be avoided and in the middle of the atlantic ocean you know um and uh, the clinging on for for 
for dear life and yeah I, i've never agreed with with anyone that there was space for two of them on there. i mean there might be space for two of them on there but it wasn't a, a, a decent enough construct for them to both be able to float successfully on it you know they tried yeah. that it didn't work so he you know kindly gave it up for her um and yeah he exactly like you said he he makes that statement of you need to keep going you need to keep living have lots of babies live your life be an old old woman and you know live your life tell your story do whatever you got to do to just keep fighting and keep going and, and never let go never let go of your life never let go of that spark never you know and that's exactly what he's saying and there's that there's this really really good moment where the boats are coming back through the rafts come coming back through and they're like searching for survivors is anybody out there who's there you know <laughs> call out to us if you can hear us you know and that sort of thing and then <laughs> and anybody then, alive out and, there like, don't, don't hit the bodies with the like with the horse and uh and he's like be careful keep checking man you know keep shouting at him doesn't he very upset it's like they're all dead they're all dead keep checking and she's like very like serious he's, he goes yeah, into quite it rightly so i think yeah because he's going into realizing the severity of what's happening and wants to just save some doesn't yeah. he but his voice is so distinct as well like i can i could if even if i hadn't watched it and the last time I watched it was when I was like ten or eleven. I would still, as soon as you'd say that, I would remember. Remember him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, so that boat starts to go in. She's going, come back, come back, come back. She, she can't talk. She's lost her voice. She's so frozen. She's so cold. She's on the edge of death. Basically, she's like, she'll be sort of hypothermic. She's on her way out, and she puts her head down and her eyes start to close and then it's like it's almost like we hear jack again and she is going no you must live you know what did i just say you made a promise to me that you're going to keep fighting on and then she she you know kind of breaks him away from from the door i think he's like frozen to it and like frozen to her uh and then she's like i'll never forget you and he floats away and then yeah she manages to swim to i guess one of the crew that had a whistle and starts blowing as as much as she can on the whistle to get their attention and she's found um and she's pulled aboard pulled aboard the raft yeah that was a that was a tearful moment as well and yeah. then of, of course and then <laughs> i'll take your word for it <laughs> i i would I, have, I would watch these films with you and I would share them with you. I don't, though. I'm not that type, like, as in... If I was to cry and watch a film, I'm the type of, like... I'm not I'm not an audio... And I'm, there's no audio to my cry. It's like, just your, like, like your laugh. <laughs> yeah, there's no... My emotions don't have audio. <laughs> <laughs> They're just visual only. Visual emotions. So unless you're there... And there would just be, like, a solo tear will just drop. And that oh. would just be it. And then I'll just move it away. And we'll move on. Bless your heart. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, this only started happening in recent years. Like, I wouldn't cry at things. I think, I don't know, just... Anyway, they... Um, she sees the Statue of Liberty, as you've already discussed. Uh, and then she, she finds a diamond in her pocket. Uh, and Cal is trying to... He goes down to find her... 
not there. Well, she is there, but she sort of, you know, turns her head away from him and she's sort of got like a headscarf on or, you know, trying to keep warm or like a hood or whatever. And uh, and then she explains that he got his inheritance and was rich. And then he, in the crash of 29, he um, shot himself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and um, the douchebag cop guy, he, just to go back, he was on the part of the boat that broke, right? That's how he died. Yes, and that's how he meets his demise. And so we're to, oh, and we didn't to say the other bit um, that also made me emotional and the solo tear was uh, Kathy Bates's, um I don't understand the one of you. That's your men out there. You know, because she's the only one who wants to go back and she's basically told to shut a pie hole or something, isn't it? Like, yeah, there'll be basically... one that you'll you'll be thrown off the boat pretty much if you don't shut up. Yeah, if you don't if you don't pipe down, we'll we'll you know we'll we'll shut you up. And she was she was making a stand. She's saying there's people out there that need our help. We need to get to them, um, and help them survive and get them on the on this boat. And the guy was saying, if we go back, they'll they'll swamp us. We'll just we'll lose this this boat. They'll swarm us. We'll get dragged under, you know, or it'll flip over or something, you know. And, you know, part of me thinks, okay, I understand that, but come on, where's your where's your human side? And, and mm-hmm. exactly like like she says, you know, they're your men out there. You're yeah, letting, you're you're like letting them die. You're letting them freeze. You're letting them drown. You know, yeah. what's, what's going on? And Rose later said, like in present day, Rose says that only one one boat out of twenty, wasn't it, came back. Mm. Mad. And 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 that was because the like staff or whatever, the officers, they moved everyone from one boat to another, wasn't it? So they were going with like an empty boat, or you know, besides them yeah man so 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 sad um but are we to assume that rose's mum survived right because she was on one of the boats yeah but rose i i have this sort of thought that rose never sees her again because she yeah, says because she changes her name to, to dawson at the end doesn't she yeah um you know so it's just like i, I can start my new life now and you sort of assume that she's gonna go and sell the diamond and she'll have a bit of money and she can make a life out of that but she still has it at the end of the film and she ruins uh bill paxton's life's work by throwing it into the ocean <laughs> yeah but uh, and it was only this time that and obviously like this i assume this was the whole point right this is the first time i realized oh she's like throwing it like down to it's like to throw it to jack kind of thing as like an homage to him or to all the people that died right yeah i guess so um and it, this is like her she never told the story to anyone no one ever knew that she was on the titanic she hadn't mentioned it to even her granddaughter you know who was who was there so it's kind of like her way of signing it off but i also think she sort of knew the end was coming because you know she sadly she she does die at the end she's in her bed and she uh, and she dies and then we see her reunited with everyone and i think 
in a kind of symbolic way, if the diamond hadn't been in the Atlantic, in the sea, you know, where the, the where the, they were just above the Titanic, you know, um, when they were sort of excavating and, and checking it out, that she wouldn't have been able to wear it in her, you know, kind of heavenly life, whatever you want to call it, Next afterlife. Life. Yeah. Yeah, afterlife. Um, so uh, I guess that was a like a good add-in moment rather than it being like a physical element still it's now it now belongs to the sea i mean it was called the heart of the sea wasn't it mm-hmm. and it now belongs to the sea and it belongs to the titanic wreckage and it belongs in in their afterlife now as as they're there all together I've, i actually thought the ending was really nice that they i love that, the that, ending. that you see that and she walks up the stairs and he's at the top of the stairs and you know she goes past all the all the people that she remembers that that you know would have died and then we see the 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 shipbuilder and he's kind of on a higher step because she held him in such high regard and he was such a nice person Mm -hmm. and then uh jack is right at the top because because he was the main man he was the one she had fallen in love with you know in 24 hours (laughs) and he's wearing his regular clothes which i thought was an important touch it's not that he was having to be wearing the suit and whatever and be something that is not he was being who he was and did you notice that when it panned round so you could see on like the uh sort of stairway on the other side the captain was actually there oh uh, you could no, see him he had he had his captain's hat on um nice um but i love the ending because if you it, it, it built up perfectly because when she was like passing away in her bed, well, you could see her in her bed and we're assuming this is, you know, she's moving on now. And it showed all of her photographs and it showed that she did live a full life. She did, you know, she like flew a plane here. She rode a horse with, you know, the way that he said, like like a proper cowboy, like, you know, uh, one leg on either side and all of those things. So she'd obviously kept all of that with her. And then if we hadn't got that ending, I think it ended on like a high point of seeing them together. It's like they're together again. Um, Yeah, I really liked the ending and I liked how it showed the Titanic in like its glory. You know, it ended with showing it in, you know, all of the ambiance. So, yeah, I thought it had a perfect ending. I liked that she threw it in the sea. (laughs) Do you remember the Britney Spears music video? from like early 2000s where i think it's oops i did it again <laughs> oops i did it wait no is that the that's not hit me baby one more time is it that's a different song right hit yeah. me baby one more time was the school one right right the one where it's like in space and whatever anyway there's like a cut in the music video where the guy's like gives her that necklace and she goes, but I thought the old lady threw it in the ocean at the end. And he went, yeah, well, I went down there and I got it for you, baby. And <laughs> gives her the necklace. I'm like, well, that's not yours, you fucking prick. She <laughs> threw it there to get some closure on what was a traumatic experience that she said like 80 years later. Put it back, you thief. <laughs> Damn you. But yeah, but besides that, which is not related to this film. Yeah, perfect ending great film yeah really really good ending i really liked it and yeah what a what a way to end it they're they're back together after like 80 plus years so it was a a lovely moment and it was good to to see all the the sort of those members of the cast together and 
yeah it, it was great sort of symbolism and a a very touching moment and i would say that this is a film that never needs to be remade Oh. Like, don't touch, don't ever touch this. Like, 50 years time, don't, just don't bother. Like, mm. this is, this is it. This is it. Yeah. You have, we have our Titanic. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't, there's no need to remake. We, we've got it. We, James Cameron handled it. He did, he did a good yeah. job. You, you leave it alone. Yeah. Put, yeah. put the camera down. <laughs> yeah. So, Great. Which, so what? Which, well, it just, which leads us to, if you like this podcast and how could you not please rate review subscribe find us at where can people find us simon you tell me <laughs> you can find us at ravenshoops.net for our patreon why simon because basketballs go through <laughs> hoops and they also go through nets yes ravenshoops.net Anyone who listens to our One Tree Hill podcast, you'll understand what that means. If you don't and you listen to our movies, thank you so much. We really appreciate you listening to our film podcast as well. Uh, you can also find us uh, at Ravens Podcast on Instagram, or you can find Simon at Simon Podcast. Yeah, so at Simon Podcast. And if you want to find me, you can find me as well. I'm on Instagram um, uh, at dgarcio507, I think, but. Yeah, not many people bother finding me. So <laughs> yeah, they do. Stick to finding Simon. It, you're elusive. You're elusive. You make it more challenging. I make it a bit more fun for people. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta really yeah. look to find me. So yeah, look, find me, follow me. I'll follow back. Oh, yeah, that's your that's your guarantee. I love that. Yeah, that's the, the follow back guarantee. <laughs> that's that's perfect. Okay. Are we going to give a rating? Yeah, this is where, where we're going to now. So uh, on our previous films, we've done objective and subjective. But do, do you want to do that? Or would you like to go for a whole kind of just one rating? Hey, to tie it into this film, you're the captain here, my friend. So I follow your lead. Okay. All right. We'll do an objective and a subjective rating. Um, out of 10, so 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest. Simon, what was your objective rating of this film? Well, so objectively, watching it from 2022, I mean, I, I, I hold this film in really high regard. I think it's pretty much perfect in terms of how you could tell this story. Um, there's nothing... I can think of to detract from it, so I will give it ten. Like I, but so many people when they do these things, they don't want to give the tens or whatever. They have to go. Oh, it's a nine, and then you say, "Oh, well, what didn't you like about it? Oh, it was amazing." So what's wrong with it? Nothing. Give it a ten, you prick. Like it's, it is what it is. Sorry, I, if, if that, I'm not alluding that you're going to give it a nine and then say there's nothing wrong with it, uh, but I'm just. <laughs> and you are not a prick you are my lovely friend but i just mean some <laughs> some people don't are like scared to say it in case of like ridicule like that's something i feel a lot people sometimes i mean not us we we do podcasts about this stuff and we love all of this you know nostalgia and memorabilia and fandom but sometimes people are, are worried to say that they love something of fear of people ridiculing them well, no, I thought it was great. I'd give it a 10. Very long-winded, I apologise. What do you give it, Dom? Well, 
Thank you for that assessment. <laughs> I, I, I think the film is groundbreaking. And uh, you mentioned it earlier. It was nominated for 14 Oscars. It won 11. So wow. how can this film not be revered as, as, you know, one of the kind of best films ever made? We understand it was one of the most expensive films ever made. And it's grossed more money than than's even imaginable by by you and i simon so uh yeah how could we not accept this film for what it is other than than great so for me it's also a 10 wow so well put together it's very long there are i will say there are moments that could be taken out you know there's a lot of like love story elements that we think we probably could chip away at but actually that's the main part of the film it's the main bulk of it i mean we want the loves the love story is the main part the the titanic sinking is the addition to it is the fact factual part of the film so all in all i guess it's got to be that long but yeah there's some moments that maybe could have been cut down but yes i, I think it's a 10 groundbreaking film i love learning about the making of this film uh and all the little facts that you know hopefully you've all enjoyed and you've enjoyed simon and yeah, it's Loved fun, it. and if people want to go and learn more about it and learn more about the real Titanic, then do it. Just, yeah, make that happen. Um, yeah, and do you have a subjective rating as well? Yeah, yeah. Well, firstly, just to say on your all your deep dives and stuff, have been fascinating. I think you did a wonderful <laughs> job. I feel like I've learned this is the sort of thing that i'll tomorrow when i'm speaking to f i'll be like hey did you know this thing about the titanic it was actually this little model and they did the thing and they, and they built half the ship at southampton like that's the sort of thing that i'll uh yeah that i'll be passing on so yeah i think you did an amazing job subjectively i i would also give it a 10 i remember it being like one of the first sort of adult long sort of serious films that i remember enjoying when I was a kid, like when it came out, like I understood there was nothing that was confusing to me or anything, you know, like sometimes when you're younger, there's bits and then you watch it now and you realize, Oh, I actually didn't quite understand that part of the story or whatever. It's like, no, I, I, I remembered enjoying it, understanding it at the time. And uh, I think it's aged incredibly well. Mm. So yeah. What, what about you? What's your subjective? Uh, Yeah, exactly the same. I'm going to give it a 10 as well. I, I, I can't, I can't really knock the film at all. Um, we know that I'm the one that normally finds fault in something and drops it down, but I, yeah, <laughs> I just can't for very much the same reasons as you. So yeah, it's also a ten from me. Uh, wow. So let's let's go into favorite character. Do you have a favorite character of the film? Um, I think. Uh, well, I. Hmm. I'm going to take it outside of Jack and Rose and I'm going to say Molly, Kathy Bates's character, just because I, you know, for all the reasons we've already said, but I thought she was a good, uh, against the grain character for the upper classes. What, what about you? Uh, I really liked, uh, Lewis. So the guy in like modern day on the boat, that was the science. Oh yeah. Themselves. You, you like you, you I like, like the guy that's you. <laughs> Um, but uh, I think, yeah, I think Kathy Bates kind of steals it a little bit and is like, she's, as soon as we meet her, we know we're going to like her. Like like we were saying at the beginning of the podcast, you know, you know how you're going to feel about these characters, you know, straight away. And um, she just gives off this aura, doesn't she? Of She's in control. She knows what she wants. And exactly like you said, like new money, she's she knows how to 
talk to people from both walks of life and she doesn't take shit from anyone so yeah she's definitely uh fantastic uh in this and yeah what a great character uh who was your favorite performer of the film mm. i think i'll go with kate winslet on this one and she was really good she didn't win the oscar for it though did she i think she won she won her first oscar like later like quite recently i think maybe in like the last five years or something i, I think i'm i couldn't tell you i'm afraid sorry i i think she's been nominated a lot and i think she actually won for the first time yeah quite recently but yeah i think uh, i thought she was great well it's what an honor you? just to be nominated isn't it you know so. <laughs> for a while and then it becomes annoying hashtag leo yeah. you know it took it's like he'd sit nomination or something wasn't it for him to get it but, yeah. crazy uh Kate was did a fantastic job i completely agree leonardo dicaprio did a fantastic job uh mm-hmm. but the epitome of bastard was billy zane so i'm gonna yes. have to give it to him even you know with as much eyeliner as you like billy zane absolutely <laughs> smashed it in this film so uh he was just total twat through and through and he does it so well <laughs> so yeah well done yes. billy zane he wins wins that award from me <laughs> yeah nice um and then i mean I'm going to say favourite song, but we're, I think we're both going to have the same, same favourite song, aren't we? How have we not spoken about the score or the song? The score is phenomenal. Um, so, so good. And then, of course, the Celine Dion mega hit. Mm. This song, My Heart Will Go On, was huge. Like It still gets played outside the Bellagio for the, um, you know, the, the water. Yeah. yeah but it's um that song is crazy i've actually seen it live f's a massive celine dion fan and we went to see her at the o2 and um she was really good celine dion um but yeah, the, f was good too she was well behaved she, she, she handled things well but yeah the the, yeah. the music in the film is done by james horner uh, and it's mm-hmm. incredibly well put together um it's a really really good really good score you know James Horner, uh, he did the Casper score. Mm. Just throwing it in there. No, There's one we've done. Well. One we've done as well. Yeah, which is you know imagine the uh, having a having to do the score for Casper and then you, you know one of your next gigs is Titanic. <laughs> yeah, and this is something that these like '90s films have that they don't really do like this anymore. It's these amazing orchestra scores like uh, you think of the movies we've done recently that have have this in so casper uh, titanic free willy when we get to it the score is amazing it is it's amazing i actually have it right here um (laughs) you can look forward to that uh and what was the other one we did more recently it also had a really good score oh home alone has an amazing score as well so they need to bring that back. Yeah, big big like scores. Proper scores. Big scores in films would be fantastic. Yeah, well, I, I would I would say, well, yeah, my heart will go on. Of course, it's got to be, hasn't it? Right at the end. Yeah, it's hearing Celine creep in there. <laughs> Bless her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, background performer, one line or less. So this is gonna be the last oh. rating we do. Did you? Ha- is there anyone that stood out to you? within the background that you could include there's so many i didn't even think 
to consider this. I, I can um, give you. I can give you one if you want, which I'm going to pick. Yeah. So when they when Leo, not well, yeah, Leo as Jack takes, uh, well, Kate as Rose, I suppose, uh, down uh, to like the the party and the fun they're having. The little girl that Jack ends up dancing with, I'm going to go with her because oh, yeah. she doesn't say anything, and he says, "I'm going to dance with her now," and it's just kind of like makes quite a sweet point that you know the little girl was in charge and uh and he he was you know letting her know that he's going to dance with another lady so go with that little yeah. girl yeah respectful I like that uh i got two thoughts in mind i've got one that's the the guy that has the hip flask on the end because he doesn't say anything and then also the old the like old couple in bed that are just hugging mm. um i'm going to go with the old couple in bed because that breaks my heart and do I have to pick one of them? No, no, that's fine. Well, I'll allow the, the, the couple and the man on the, the back of the boat with the hip flask. Oh, that's perfect. Fine. I'll allow that. I'll let that happen. You're so um, kind. You're a kinder host than I am. <laughs> you say it'll break your heart, but we know your heart will go on. So It um, will go on. Will. That's right. <laughs> um, it's the only time I've been allowed to get a Celine Dion joke in the whole episode. So there we go. And you did it well. Thank you, my friend. Well, uh, like we said before, if you uh, like this podcast and you enjoy listening to us, please listen to some of our other uh, films that we've covered and back catalogue. And if you're one of our One Tree Hill fans, keep listening, Ravens. Uh, we love you all. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yeah, it's been amazing. And thank you so much, Simon. Say some say some words. <laughs> thank you, Dom. You've done a wonderful job of guiding us through this voyage that is titanic i've really enjoyed it and yeah thank you everyone for listening and thank you for your continued support we really appreciate it yeah thank you so much simon are you gonna ravens us thank you dom stop thanking me thank you (laughs) okay we'll we'll do we'll do ravens on three but we'll do it go on please can you do it as the as the is anybody alive out there Please. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Keep checking the bodies. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Careful with oars. Careful with your... Don't hit them. Right. <laughs> Ravens on three. Ready? <laughs> One, two, three. Ravens. Ravens.